Okay. Three, two, one. How was that? Oh, shit. No. The way I'm doing that, because I'm just recording my voice, not you. No, that's what, that's what I mean, though. So what will happen, right, is on your end, you'll hear three, two, one, and then you will put my clap right after your three, two, one, or vice okay. versa. And okay, so that way sure. it's like, yeah, so it's like you'll, okay. you'll, yeah, yeah. you'll take, yeah, 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 okay, you see what I mean. So how was your week? Do uh, anything it was, interesting? I, I drank more of my beer. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. It's delicious. How much did you make anyway? Did you like... Five gallon I mean, you made Oh, a five? Oh, my God. That's, that's, the pretty, that's the pretty standard beer. Because, I mean, like, here's the thing, right? I mean, if you're going to make beer, you shouldn't... You, I mean, like, some people make... Like, okay, like, if you're, like, in an apartment or something and you don't have, like, the, the, the equipment to, like, do a five gallon batch, like, I get it. Like, you know, it's like, it's, it's a kind of a pain... To do a five-gallon batch, but, like, you know, whatever. So doing five gallons basically means, like, okay, I can drink this for a while. I'm getting my money's worth because that's, it takes, like, four hours yeah, dude, to, like, that's like beer. That's, like, 53 beers. Yeah, it's a case of beer. It's, like, it's, it's it, like theoretically, it's, like, a 64-pack of beer, basically. Well, I mean, I just I just did some Google. Five gallons is 640 ounces. Can of beer is 12 ounces. Okay, fair enough, yeah. So you got yourself... But still, that's crazy. That's a lot of beer. It is. But it's really nice because that means I just have beer for a while. (laughs) And then, I mean, I am thinking about um, just brewing another batch and then having it on standby so that when I'm done with this one, I could just toss in another one. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, you know, maybe I don't need that much beer in my house, but, you know, because I I will just drink it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I have the same problem right now. Me and Chandler both buy beers. There's always beer in the house. Yeah. It's very dangerous. <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. Boom. All right. That reminds me, since we're making a Rick and Morty reference, have you watched the new have you been watching the new season? Not yet. I will. I have not yet. It's uh it's it's good. It's not like you know, it nothing ever comes close to season one, I feel. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean you can't you know, lightning can't exactly strike Ex- twice yeah, in the Exactly. Right Unless you're Keen Peel and then you literally have lightning in a bottle, but that's a whole <laughs> can of worms. <laughs> I have Okay, I've watched a ton of their skits, but I've like never watched like Key and Peel, like the show. Yeah, the show. I don't know if it's actually worth watching or if it's just like getting the highlights is the thing to do. Well, yeah, getting the highlights is the thing to do because like they used to have like a stand-up bit in between the sketches mm-hmm. in like the first and maybe even the second season. Okay, um, but that was always the worst part of the show. And in the <laughs> last two seasons, they dropped it because they also knew that that was the worst part of the show. Fair enough. And it just went to just skits, which is... So, yeah, just watch it on YouTube. That's the way. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't know if we want to save this for the next podcast or we want to talk about it right now. But, uh, I mean, I have I have extensive thoughts on that uh, new Half-Life trailer that just dropped. Okay. Uh, yeah, I watched it. I mean, I don't have a uh, VR headset yet. Although, I guess I'm thinking to get one for Christmas now. Ooh. Get okay. the uh, the Oculus Quest. I, don't, I haven't read reviews yet, but it, it's the one without... Um, like cameras or stuff you need to set up other than the headset. Mm. Yeah, is, I haven't. You know. I don't know anything about the quest in terms of like how good it is. Yeah, but you so, have the what? Well, so okay. Here's the thing, right? So I have I have the Vive, right? I bought the mm-hmm. OG Vive. Yeah, but I also ordered and have now the Valve Index controllers. Oh, you did get? Oh, just the controllers. Just the controllers, which um, also means that I get. Half-Life Alex for free, which is awesome. Yeah, that's um, awesome. But uh, I got to tell you, like, so if you were to get one thing 
from the Valve Index type thing, I would say the controllers, you know, hot take, um, they're incredible. <laughs> like, going from the wands on the Vive, which, I mean, like, you know, when I first used them, I was like, this is incredible. Like, just like the idea of, like, moving around and interacting in a VR space. It's like, this is, this is fucking next level shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah. having hands with fingers and, like, the ability to, like, let go of the controller while still holding it, it's... Oh, my God. Like, because here's the thing, right? Like, one of the things that I really like to play in VR is um, Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades. Shout out to Anton Hand, who uh, his game is incredible, um, and I love it, and it's a masterpiece. Uh, But, uh, like, you know, you're picking up, like, guns and shit in that game, right? You know, like, with the controllers, like, with the, like, the... uh, the the wand controllers like it was like it was like intuitive once you got used to it it's like you know you use the trigger you pick them up you like all that stuff you click the uh you know the grip buttons to drop them like it worked and i was like really you know i was in it you know and like it felt very immersive and awesome then i got the index controllers and like just picking things up in that game and putting them back down it's like you grab things with your physical hand to pick things up you let go of things with your physical hand to drop them it's like it just changes everything. <laughs> yeah, I haven't looked very closely at the Valve Index controllers, honestly. I've just been kind of ignoring the whole VR thing because, you know, I don't have VR. It's so interesting to me because, like, so, you know, there's two there's two groups of people. Because, like, I mean, obviously I've been following Reddit on this because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a VR believer. I'm a VR evangelist, you might even say. Well, yeah, say. I mean, you like, bought it, so that makes sense. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I, like, I didn't know what to think about it until I played PSVR at uh, one of my wife's friend's houses. Um, and, like, he's got, like, you know, he's got PSVR. And I was like, okay, you know, like, this is, like, I mean... I will say, I was going to say, like, it's, like, the lowest of the low setup. That's actually not totally true. PSVR is actually, like, pretty, like, um, in terms of, like, the the resolution and the uh, the letterbox effect. I don't know if you're familiar. Not less, sorry, not letterbox effect. The screen door effect, rather. I don't know if you're nope. familiar with that. But basically, like, because you could, your, your pixels are right in front of your face. I, I hope I'm not, I'm probably getting this wrong. And I'm sure somebody, you know, if anybody's listening out there, I'm sure you can tell me that I'm wrong. But uh, <laughs> the, um... Basically, because you're so close to the pixels, you can basically see the individual, like, lines in between them in in a way. It's sort of blurred out, but it's, like, it's there. So it's, like, it's almost like you're looking at the, like, the thing in front of you through, like, a blurry screen door. Um, and oh, just, I, wait, would you describe that as grainy, perchance? Um, grainy might be a way to describe it, 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 but it's more like you're seeing very subtle lines in between everything. Okay, sure, sure, um, sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, like a screen door. But yeah. um, so PSVR, for whatever reason, I don't know if like I, I I don't know the technical details. But long story short, it will it it eliminates more of that than the the Vive headset does. Like I noticed right away when I got the Vive, I was like, this looks like really good, but like I could definitely I I'm experiencing the screen door effect. Although that being well, said, when I finally got around to upgrading my computer, like. Super sampling, you know, like jumping the resolution up does yeah, make a I'm huge sure. difference. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, this is this is turning into a little bit of a shaggy dog story. But um, yeah. okay, so long story short, um, where was I going with this? What did I want to say? Half Life uh, Alex. Ha- yes, Half Life Alex. All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping track. Um, yeah. So like, there's been two kind of groups of people that I've seen on Reddit as I've been following this, and it's been 
people that are into VR and that know about VR and that are like, this looks awesome, this is amazing, like, I'm so glad that we have this. And then there's people that are asking questions that make me realize that, oh, that's right, not everybody has really been paying any attention to VR. Because I was like, oh, well, how do you move in this? Is it just going to be on rails? And, like, I can look at the trailer and tell just from it, like, without having, because, like, Valve has, you know, said, oh, there will be teleport locomotion, there will also be continuous locomotion, like, all that stuff. I'm looking at this, and I'm like, oh, obviously they have continuous locomotion. Like, you just could use, like, joysticks. Like, that's that seems yeah, very I, clear I think I think that's what everyone is eventually going to move to. Oh, yeah. Uh, because it seems like it's it's more of a matter of getting used to the continuous locomotion. Like, then the nausea goes away kind of thing. Oh, for sure. And it's like it's just like the fact that people are even asking that question, I'm just like, oh, that's right. There's a lot of people that really, they, they saw VR, they were like, whatever, and then never thought about it again. Whereas I've just been, like, in this for... Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, like, it's... So it's like, because I always, I guess I always have this imagination that like VR has broken more into the market than it actually no. is. But like, yeah, I it guess hasn't it hasn't at has, all. It has not, no. which is, but I, I'll tell you what. It hasn't even broken into like the gamer market. Like it's, it hasn't even, like the casual space is so far out of that. It's crazy. It, it, re- it really is. And like, you know, so, I mean, have you, you've tried a VR headset though, yeah? Never. Really? Not a once. I, I mean... Oh I would God. be the I would be the person in my friend group who would have a VR headset. So interesting. So I don't. So that's it, dude. I mean, you know, whenever you want to make a trip up here, um. <laughs> yeah, well, you make a trip down with a you know a an Oculus Quest for me, and I'll I'll plug it in and I'll play it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. Like I I think that when you try a VR headset, we need to revisit this conversation because yeah. I'm sure I would love it. I'm sure I would love it. It looks like something I would love. It's hard to describe how incredible it is until you actually do it for the first time. And then you're like, oh, my God, this is this is the thing that we've been waiting for. Like, you know, I've been like talking about like, oh, man, you know, immersion of video games like you know, like, because, you know, we, we, we keep going, you know, further and further with resolution and frame rate and, you know, like, RTX friggin', you know, like all that stuff, right? You know, but, like, forget all of that. You could have a cartoony as hell video game. You could do whatever you, I mean, like, you know, like, friggin', like, job simulator. Like, it's it's very, very much a cartoon aesthetic. But, like, you put on a VR headset and then you play that game. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm just here. There's no need for immersion because I am literally immersed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, one of my one of my favorite games that's come out recently is Kingdom Come Deliverance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you know, that's, and I love it because it's first person and it makes you really feel like you're inside the head of somebody who you're playing, you're controlling. Yes. And so, I, yes, VR sounds like the perfect thing. Yes. And, like, pair that with, I mean, like, there's other, like, you know, kind of, like, glove controller, like, knuckles, not, not gloves, but, like, hand controllers versus, like, you know, physical controllers. I think that that is one of the most important things. Like, you I mean, like, once you get past, like, the... The, the headset portion, which by itself is incredible. The next step of having those, like, hand controllers, I don't know. I think that as more people try VR, I think that it's kind of one of those things that you're going to be like, ooh, this is, uh, why can't everything be like this? And I, I feel like, obviously, that's where Valve is going. But, okay, so you don't have a VR headset. You've never tried VR. No nope. need to come back to this conversation <laughs> because it's yeah. it's one definitely worth having after you've tried it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm more interested in seeing 
the conclusion of the Half-Life story more than I am the uh, the technology behind the, the VR game, honestly. Oh, God. Well, I mean, yes. Absolutely. Even though I know what the ending of Half-Life is already. But, yeah, I know. You know. Yeah, you, you also saw the, the leak. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's the whole, um, like, there's Borealis Project. I mean, you can play the end of Half-Life if you want. Now that that's out, I kind of wonder if they're going to change oh, what happened. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, they're they're going to. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any question there. The, the, I think the, maybe the broad strokes will stay the same, but I mean, well, you're playing as Alex now. I mean, that changes the whole. I did notice something in the trailer, and I'm not the only person that notices, obviously. But like, you know, there's that little um, snippet of dialogue, which I assume is, I mean, the way the sound it sounds like a Vortigaunt, um, but it's like you know, uh, like you can't change his fate. You know, like Alex alone, uh, you know, is not. Yes. Yeah. No. And I'm like, I'm like, oh. Okay, you know, I think there's something there. I think there's yeah. some, some some amount of like maybe there was some like time travel fuckery going on with possibly either the Vortigaunts. I mean, like, because the Vortigaunts could do some pretty, you know, timey wimey type stuff, <laughs> and obviously the G Man can as well. So I kind of wonder if there's something there. It feels like there might be, but who knows? I think I think Valve has built up Half Life in their minds too much. Like, in, in, like did you so- see the quote from Gabe Newell where he was just like, "Returning to Half Life is, you know." really daunting and et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, it's just like, yeah, I, does it, does it have to be daunting though? I have some like, sympathy for that because it feels like no matter what they do, it's like, nobody's going to be, I mean, like, you know, yeah, they need to accept that and make the fucking game. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, just like, yeah, like it's a first person shooter. Like yeah. get over yourselves. It's not, it's not that revolutionary anymore, guys. Just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, just yeah, finish yeah. it and then you can do whatever you want. But they're making it revolutionary with VR. Yeah, exactly. They want it to be revolutionary. They want to have lightning again. And that's you, uh, something else. You know what, though? I mean, and I've seen people, like, the, the people that are, like, into VR have kind of been discussing this. But, like, there's, we're, we're getting back onto the VR topic for a second. But, like, well, yeah, I'm, you know, I mean, we should just, we should just cut this as its own, like, mini episode or something, honestly. Uh, I know, right? Um, and maybe we might do that. Um, yeah. But, uh if you're the listening one, to this and it's a separate episode, that, that is what we did. Yes, you know what we did. You in the future will know better than we in the past what we yeah. actually did. Time um, travel. Ooh, Vortigaunts, G-Man, who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, so well, the one thing that like – so the one scene that catches a lot of the VR people's eye and maybe some non-VR people, but like neither here nor there. Um, basically, like the, when she's rummaging through the um, – through the uh, like – I guess, like, not a cabinet, I guess the shelves, rather, um, to, uh, like, l- search for ammo. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff where, like, VR starts to really make sense for a lot of people. Because if you think about it, like, in, in the way that you would do that in any other video game, in what, 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 what some people disparagingly now call a pancake game. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Pancake game because it's on a flat screen. Oh, 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 wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh-huh, I'm, not, I'm uh-huh. not there yet. So, right? so, st- so are VR games double pancake games then? Because it's two flat screens in front of your eyes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, look, a stack of pancakes is better than not a stack of pancakes, all right? Yeah, so do we get boom, syrup we and go. butter with this? Sorted. All right. Actually, oh, okay. I'm, I'm actually, I'm watching that part of the trailer. It's, it's at around 56 seconds for anyone who wants to look at it. I'm trying to see. Yeah, so there's two bullets where she's grabbing. Mm-hmm. And then as her hand reaches out, it becomes one bullet. 
Oh, yeah, I was kind of confused yeah. exactly by that. But like, the long story short is that, like in any normal video game, I mean, you know, it's press X to search, you know, or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. The amount of emergent gameplay that happens when you are able to control everything that happens with your hands. Like, you don't have to even design this stuff in. You could just create a world that has stuff in it, and then all of the interactions happen naturally. And, like, that's where you start to really cross the bridge for me from, like, just a video game to, like, fully, fully immersive experience. So you know what I mean? you don't have Switch, right? I do have a Switch. Oh. Have you played Breath of the Wild? Absolutely. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I mean, you're. That's, I, I feel like you're talking about Breath of the Wild, essentially. Already. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is like Breath of the Wild, I mean, you know, okay, so like Mark Brown of Game Makers Toolkit, shout out, um, did like, you know, a really excellent, um, you know, thing on like systems gameplay, right? You know, like, uh, I get, what did he call it? He called it the immersive sim. I don't think that one was necessarily about Breath of the Wild, but I think that I know sounds that right, though. Yeah. yeah, but he, I, I know he definitely talked about that whole, you know, concept of, like, a systems-based, uh, like, world where, you know, you have you have things that don't necessarily react realistically, but react in a way that mimics what we think reality is. You it know? just needs to be consistent. That's the key. It, it needs to be consistent, and it needs to make logical sense. Um, and, you know, you there's there's only so far you can take that when you don't have physical interactivity. So adding that layer of physical interactivity just, like, makes it a whole... Like, I mean, like, think about this. Like, if you have, like, a sword fighting game, right? And actually, there's, like... I mean, there's several games where sword fighting is, like, a thing in VR. You know, in in any normal game, you have a list of moves, you have a block button, you have a parry, whatever. You know, in... When you put that in a VR space, it's like, well, you, you, none of that needs to be built in anymore. It's like your physical reactions to the thing just become no, yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, like, it's, it's, it's just very a, appealing. Oh my God. And it's like, it just, it makes a huge difference, you know? And then there's like, you know, and, and there, once people start then adding in that systems type mentality, like, you know, I, I think I, I saw somebody on the Reddit talking about like, you know, okay, like say you pick up like a piece of fruit and you have a knife. Like if you could then cut that piece of fruit in VR, like it's just those little touches, you know, and once people start bringing that mentality, because I mean, that's there to some degree in VR games. But like once real, like once big developers like Valve and such really start sinking their teeth into like committing to VR, I, I have a feeling that you're definitely going to get that type of thing where it's like okay let's do you know um like systems based emergent gameplay using vr and really sell a world i mean i think what you're really seeing is you're seeing technology start to catch up to where video games have been going for a long time because mm -hmm. i think i think uh you know what, what was the word we're using immersive sim gameplay that kind of like uh you know reactive world i mean you know uh Elder Scrolls has been doing that for years. Mm -hmm. um, Dwarf Fortress, yes. <laughs> obviously, is a really good example of something that's been doing that for a long time, where mm -hmm. you can pick up an orange and slice it into slices if you have a knife. Or, you know, if you have a rock, you can smash it and make, you know, pulp orange juice or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And adding that physical, I can see how adding the physical element of actually doing it yourself with your own hands, you know, would add a lot to it. Because I mean that's 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 what I come to video games for is that immersion. Yes. Oh man, I am so excited for you to try VR. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would essentially I would want to stay seated most of the time, 
You say that now. You might change your tune on that. <laughs> yeah. We'll it see. really. I mean, yeah, I haven't experienced it. It really makes like room scale makes a difference. You will want room scale because like if you're going to be doing like hand type of interactivity, you're not going to want to punch your computer. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. You will yeah. you will very mm. quickly lose yourself in that experience. You know, like I mean, like I, so last um, well it was it was a uh, New Year's um, like I had you know like my friends over for a New Year's party and like I you know showed them VR and there was there there, there was much not realizing that there are not physical surfaces very quickly. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. amazing how quickly you like go to lean on a table and you're like, oh god, that's right, that table is not there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've so, seen the videos. You know what we really need? I need um. That those like in place treadmills. That's what would really make it. Oh my god! I mean, yeah, yeah. That's the real key. Yeah, standing. Yeah, the standing treadmill situation. Like, yeah, it's pretty incredible. I would, I would love to have something like that. But they, that's that's where it starts to get like, okay, we need we need to solve that problem in some type of meaningful way, and I don't know what that way is yet. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. Because who's gonna it, buy a giant standing we, treadmill? <laughs> not to bring politics in it into it, but you know, this is the time where we need to just really tax the rich out the wazoo and get them to fund our VR uh, escapades. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, forget healthcare. A real social you know. good. Yeah, exactly. I don't. We don't need healthcare, or roads, or police departments. We just we all need to have really good VR setups. Yeah, I feel like that's like a position that like no one could be happy with. It's like I want to tax the rich, <laughs> yay, and I want to use it to fund VR treadmills. What? Yeah. <laughs> For there's everyone, like, there's like twelve people in the world that uh, you know are like, yes, that is actually the thing, and uh, you and I let's are bring two in, of them. <laughs> let's bring the world into a even greater dystopia way faster. It's like Let's you, not wait for anything. It's you, me, and Elon Musk are the people yeah. that were yes. like, yeah, he, that sounds he like seems a great like the kind of person. He's like, yeah, it's all simulation anyway, so why not? Yeah, it, it, it seems accurate. Yeah. <laughs> great. Oh, man. Okay. Should we Should we start the well, podcast? We're 30 minutes in. Should we start the podcast? Yeah. So uh, for, for anyone who's still with us, uh, we're, we're, we're doing a podcast called – we're doing it right now, in fact. This yeah. is it. You're this listening to it. Oh man, <laughs> it's two brothers. Yeah, it's called. It, it's yeah, it's two brothers. Is that what we it's decided two brothers. on? It's two brothers. Well, it's, 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 called, not, wait, it's it's not called two, two brothers. It's, it's two not brothers. called two brothers. It's it's, it's two brothers. brothers. It's two brothers. It's two brothers. It's 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 two brothers. It's two That's brothers. That's really it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. That's what we're doing. So so it's this two week, <laughs> this week, I guess I guess you know maybe maybe this is the format. We're naturally going to fall into 30 minutes of us shooting the shit, followed by the thing we actually plan to talk about. And who knows if we get to it? We will find out. Yeah. <laughs> right now. So, Brick. Yes. Did, how was it? Did, how did well, you, uh, you find it? Well, yeah. Let's, let's do this real quick before we, before we start. So, if you're listening and you've never seen the movie Brick and you would like to follow along at home, um, <laughs> stop the podcast right now and go watch Brick real quick. Yeah, you can get it on uh, Amazon, I think, or any of those major streaming sites. Or, you know, you can use DuckDuckGo to search 
brick movie watch online. <laughs> we, we, we do, you wouldn't want to do that second thing, though. We, we, do not, we do not condone that behavior. No, that's horrible. And it's yes, bad. It's, it's and terrible. don't ever do that. No one would ever do that. I no. actually own so, the movie. Because as do I. I, I do. Yes. Yeah, it's one of the few movies that I have. Yeah, so, okay. I want to... So, obviously, I, I, I will say, like, I mean, so we both own this movie. I think that it's safe to yeah. say, I think we could reveal so, that we both enjoy this movie. Yeah, and, and um, some details. This is This is Ryan Johnson's first movie. And also, I would say the, the like the premiere of adolescent Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, because obviously uh, he had a child acting career, but yes, this is his first big adult, so yeah. to speak, role. So I I, I kind of want to get that elephant out of the room real quick because you know. So if there's any Star Wars fans listening right now who think that Ryan Johnson ruined your childhood, um, just just watch the movie like it forget about star wars for like two seconds it's it's you know like you 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 can have your own opinions on whatever that is and i won't reveal my personal opinions on that it's not it's not for this podcast but this movie's great forget about all of that just just watch the movie just just watch the yes it is a very good. good movie yes so you know uh all right so now if, if 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 you've decided to just keep watching anyway, or watching, listening, yeah, anyway, no one's watching. And, yeah, no one's watching. But anyway, if you're listen, if you're still listening to us and you have not watched the movie, uh, spoilers are uh, going to immediately follow. Um, yes, but yes. So I guess yeah, we make no get, guarantees. Yeah. So let, let let's talk about this. So I I, I think. Let's ground ourselves on like where we stand on this movie. We've both yes. said that we like it. I will say this is my favorite movie of all time. So this is going to obviously inform my opinions on it. I really, really like this movie. <laughs> God, there was a time when I would have, well, I would have said without a doubt, this is my favorite movie of all time. I can say for certain that this is my most watched movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have ever seen a movie. I think this was like my what probably 14th time something around that seeing this film because you show it to everybody right like anybody who will listen you're like hey you want to watch this movie yeah i mean these last few years i actually it's it's been a while since i've seen the movie this is the first time i've seen it in maybe three four years honestly and you know it was funny because when when we were like okay well we got to rewatch the movie i'm like oh man i was like i've watched this movie so many times it's like should i really like do we really need to watch this movie again and then like i sat down to watch it i'm like oh my god i am enthralled i'm just like yes i'm watching brick again this is great i love it (laughs) yeah so not a chore at all this was uh you know we, we might be assigning homework right in the first podcast which is you know it's an interesting way to go about it. But I will say, wasn't homework for me, man. Oh, it was not homework. It was a pleasure. So it was very good. I, um, I This time around, I will say, I, I had a different uh, feeling watching the movie than I had. I, you know, I watched this movie for the first time in high school, which is, is essentially, to, to back up a little bit, this movie is essentially a uh, noir thriller but set in a high school in a modern day, well, not modern day. Uh, modern at the uh, time. Modern at the time. No cell phones. Well, one cell phone. One yes. very old, like, brick-style flip phone. Uh, but that's it. You know, this is like 90s, early 90s we're talking about when, it, when the movie's set. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, gr- being a, having seen a lot more movies now and, you know, having a, a bigger spread of movies, I felt like this was a, it felt like a first directorial debut to me interesting it it felt like a movie where it was like yes i can tell that ryan johnson is a first-time director that he's he's really pulling out all the stops he's you know trying his gosh darn best to have interesting camera angles and like flair in every scene Mm. 
and um i still loved it i still thought the movie was great and you know i really enjoyed watching it but it it, it didn't feel as masterpiece as as coherent of like a story and like a work as when i first watched it and it just sort of like took me in and like i lived in the world that's interesting because because i i almost felt the opposite way i've never really watched this movie with like you know a real critic i mean like obviously i'm sitting there on my phone taking notes, yes you know the whole time and i've never really done that I, I don't i've never really done that with a movie ever yeah uh, exactly and then i i definitely haven't done it with this movie and i never really like sat down and like really scrutinized this movie mm-hmm. and again like I said, it's my favorite movie, so maybe I've just got, you know, my, my, my rose-colored glasses are fully <laughs> on, and I just refuse to see any flaws with it. Uh, which, well, by no, the way, it's... I, I don't think it does not, I, I don't, do not think it is without flaws. And I do agree that there's some, some of the, like, you know, like the camera choices and such are a little, they're, they're a little bit like, okay, you didn't really need to go there, but... Yeah, well, I wouldn't even say flawed, necessarily. It, it's more that it's, um, it's not effortless. Okay. I understand what it's, you're saying. You can tell that Ryan Johnson is trying to make a very good movie, and he succeeds. Mm-hmm. But the, the the effort is clear in, in the work. I, I, I found, while watching this, that I thought that this was actually a... I don't want to say amateurish, but like this, this was a more, um, like, you know, first directorial t- debut type of movie than it actually was. Like, I imagine there was more fluff in the movie than there actually was. And then I went back and watched it. I'm like, oh, this scene just goes right into this scene. And then this scene yeah. goes right into this. I'm like, oh, that's, there is nothing. Like, that. Yeah. that is the one, and like, you know, I, I have... If you're the kind of person that does not like a slow movie, which most old noir films are, and if that's turned you off the grizzled hard-boiled detective genre don't worry about it with this movie this movie moves faster than you will be able to keep up with it there is no wasted scenes it's like everything is just there it's like boom 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 and you're just hitting all of these notes i mean like oh my god and that that might be another factor in why i felt it i felt a little bit more um like it was on the nose because i know everything's gonna happen i you know i understand Mm. the lingo I feel like we should maybe move back and actually try to describe the movie now to people because I feel like we've probably lost some some listeners here. Sure. All right. So let's go ahead. Do you so, want? Do you, so, you want to go ahead? Yeah. 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 So the movie starts with uh, our main character, uh, Brandon. Does they ever give a last name for him? I don't think they do. I think it's, is it? For some reason, in my mind, yeah, it's Brendan Fry. Brendan Fry. Brendan Fry. You're right. Yes, they do. Yeah. Mr. Fry. Yeah. Mr. That's right. Fry. Yes. Which is a great scene. We'll get to later. <laughs> yes. Um. So the movie opens, and uh, essentially he's uh, this, they're all, it's all high school, it's all teenagers, and um, he gets a phone call from what you find out to be his ex-girlfriend. Well, uh, hang on, let's let's back up, because I, th- I feel like we're missing a very important scene right at the beginning. Is oh, God, of course. Right, the right, intro right. scene is literally just him kneeling yeah. next to a body with the, like, you know, the, 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 the arm, you know, in the, it's like, it's some yes. drainage ditch. The, the arm is just kind of like, you know, sitting lifeless in the water trailer. I mean, like that scene right off the bat, like yes. just first scene of the movie that tells you a lot of and stuff. And that shot is very striking. Oh, it's, the, it's beautiful. The black of the tunnel, um, you know, the water running down, the, just the colors. Mm. And it's interesting because you don't know... There is already some mystery there. Yeah, like it's, 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 it's in media res. This is it's showing you a scene from later in the movie, and you're not you're not aware that that's what it's showing you. And it's and it's also it's it, I mean it is all solved very quickly. Like you know who who he is, who she is. But 
the one thing to say is that like when you when you watch the scene like you know he's sitting there looking at her concern and it's like you know who is this guy like he's concerned about her she's dead but what's his concern you know that's not yeah. immediately apparent and depending on how critical your eye is um there is definitely i mean you might you might not even notice some of the details that link this character to who she is i mean you know you might get pretty far in the movie i mean i think what halfway before this scene happens something yes. around that yeah there's a good chunk of time before you actually get here but yeah so moving on <laughs> yes so yes and then we cut to uh him in the phone booth getting the phone call which which brings us to i think one of the greatest parts of this movie which is the dialogue and it does establish a couple days before right I, I i seem to remember that comes up on the screen like two days before or one day before or something like that or is there a you know, I feel I like really should have the movie pulled up and be looking at it. But I <laughs> I'm almost positive. I mean, okay. I, well, yeah. Then uh, yes, I, I think there is some indication that it is in the past. Yes. Sorry. Um, but the, then we get yes, yes. The dialogue. I mean, so I don't know about you, but the first time I watched this movie, I had no idea what they were saying half the time. Oh God, no. And actually, let's let's let's. let's I, I want to just make one. We watched this movie together for the first time, right? No. Really? I mean, you might have watched it with me the first time you saw it. But oh, you'd I already... watched this movie with Mason, yeah. Oh, you'd already seen this movie. Okay. Yes. Okay, Probably I'd like watch... three times before I, I watched it with you. Oh. Okay. I've seen this movie a lot. Well, because I know we had, like, th- that was one of the movies that was uh, in, in the great movie marathon of the summer of whatever. Yes. No, yeah. That was, yes. Because it was that movie, um, it was uh, Fight Club, and then I believe one other. Um, was it? I want to say Equilibrium, but maybe that came later. Um, no, because I saw Equilibrium with Tim first. I actually want to okay. say that it was um, the Boondock Saints. Yes, you're 100% right. It was the Boondock Saints. I remember yes. that now. Yeah. Um, God. Fo- followed by what what could only be described as a a, a giant like palette of uh, of microwaved uh, White Castle burgers. Yes. Oh man, those were the days. Oh my God, that was that was uh, that was a heck of a thing. But yeah, so that was my first exposure to this movie. That was that was the first time that I watched. I yeah, because it's interesting. I didn't know how you came across it, so that was how you came across it. Yeah, it's it's how I came across almost all media content when I was younger. Mason, fair enough. All for, right, for listeners, that that's a light, lifelong best friend of mine. And it's interesting because. Um, you had not seen Fight Club at that point, and I had, no. and I came across that from Tim, also lifelong best friend. So, yeah, uh, yeah there you go. So we are we are both easily in. influenced. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yes, that is also true. Um, so, anyway, continue. I apologize. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I mean, yeah, this is what it's for. Um, so, yeah. So the I don't know about you, but the dialogue is like it's it's a wonderful like redoing of like the North Atlantic, like or uh, Mid Atlantic, like radio accent. Mm-hmm. But like brought into a modern age with the lingo and the fast talking, mm-hmm. um, Brandon especially. I don't know if you've noticed, just all of his dialogue in this movie is so poetic and uh, flowery. Oh, Not yeah. at all what what a high school uh, oh. kid would talk like. I mean, all of the dialogue in this movie is, I mean, it's all, it's all very grounded in like a noir sensibility. Maybe not necessarily, I mean, like, because I think some of the dialogue is is his own, like, idea like i don't think all of these terms that they use are like you know like of the era of noir terms oh no i think think they're i think they've i think they invented a lot of them or or brought modern terms into the vernacular yeah but like you know so 
uh, one thing that I have to say about the dialogue in this movie, because some people might be hearing this right now and say, ooh, I don't like movies where they do this kind of, like, fakey dialogue. You know, it sounds stupid and dumb. And, like, the movie that immediately comes to mind, and some people might disagree with this, but I, I had this experience, is watching the movie Juno, and I was just like, oh, man, they're really leaning hard on this, like, ooh, cool teenager lingo. And it's like, this is not that. This is actually no. almost the opposite of that. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a play. Yeah, it's using really old-timey, out-of-place kind of, like, very, obviously very film noir. This movie is is a, you know, yeah. a film noir, and it's like, so it's like this, you know, like, kind of like, you know, 19, 1920s, 1930s type of dialogue that, like, is really out of place and jarring at first, like, for the first couple yeah. seconds. But then once you get into it, it's just like, mm. especially if you're a fan of film noirs, like, this just, like, it works perfectly. There's a deliberate cadence to everything they say, and it's yes. not, it's, you know... I'm going to come in here and show you what's up. But you know, I'm not I'm not eloquent enough to use the actual words they would use unfortunately. Yeah. There's there's a couple lines of dialogue that I have like I have like highlighted out like in my notes and we'll we'll talk about those in, in some Do detail. You, let's go into them now. I mean, we I mean, don't need yeah. to go in order. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, like Cuz uh, I have a few as well, so. Okay. I mean, like the, the first thing, I mean, like well, right off the bat, like just the thing that, like, immediately gets me into this movie, you know, is, like, and it seems kind of small, like, you know, in retrospect, and maybe the first time I, I watched it, it was kind of like, oh, it's a little strange, but, you know, like, every time I hear this line, it's like, you know, he picks up the phone, you know, it's just like, you know, how, you know, like, how, how, how are things, Brendan, you know, like, his, his, you know, like, the, the Emily, who is the, the, the dead girl, spoiler alert, yes. um, you know, is on the phone, um, and, you know, it's, you know, how are things going, status quo. Yes. And I hear yes. that line. I'm like, oh, we're doing it. We're doing brick. Yep. Yes. We're in. It's like, because, you know, like, I, it's not, it's just such a strange way to talk, you know? Like, I'm. it's just not something that I would imagine most people would say in that particular scenario. And, like, you know, it's just like, it's like you're talking to your, you know, like, long estranged ex-girlfriend, like, on the phone randomly, you know? Yeah. And it's like it's just it's an interesting it's an interesting dialogue choice and it really sets up the way that like Brendan just sounds, you know. He's got this very different way of speaking. Yeah, like I said th- I think you like you said even more so than maybe some of the other characters. Like he's really yes, just he, got this. he is very pronounced. In, yes. In, some people can kind of get away like they they speak in the same sort of, you know, uh rhythmical manner, but yeah. they their words are a little more, you know, down to earth. Uh, but the thing, what's crazy is the movie never really, with a few exceptions, the movie never really calls attention to how weird it is that all these high schoolers are talking like this. Oh, yeah. It all comes across very naturally. Um, I mean, especially... I, do they ever call attention to it? Yes. There are two scenes where they, they, they the mask comes off a little bit, and it's like, you see how it's kind of silly that... that you know, we're we're having a noir movie in high school. Oh, oh okay, no, no, okay. I, I think I know what you're saying. When I say call attention to it, nobody ever like says, "Hey, why are you speaking so strangely?" Oh no, 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 never that. Like that but never in, happens. But in like, a meta sense, in a meta sense, yes. Which are some of my favorite scenes of that movie, actually. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, even like the jock, like Brad Bramish. Yes. Even he like has like a certain you know, uh, linguistical flair. Oh yeah, it's very it's very stage play. It's very stage yeah, play. It's great. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so continuing on, getting the phone call. Yeah, gets the phone call. Emily is distraught, etc. She mentions, uh, you know, poor Frisco and a brick. Mm-hmm. 
um, which, if you're watching the movie for the first time, might literally just sound like gibberish to you. And it did. The first time I watched that movie, I was like, I have no idea what's yes. happening. It, it's the, Watching the movie for the first time, especially if you've just watched the movie, you might feel like you've just watched like a mystery movie, essentially. Where, yeah. like, you know, the, the information is slowly doled out to you and, like, the secrets of the movie are revealed. Uh, but if you ever want to watch it for a second time, it's a completely different experience on every rewatch after that. Oh, yes. Because the movie really, I mean, in this first scene, it tells you everything you need to know. And, I mean, like, in that way, this movie has is, like, a, you know, a kissing cousin to something like The Sting. Mm-hmm. Where, like, yes. on a second did, rewatch, yeah. it's just, like... Knowing everything doesn't ruin the movie. You just get to watch another different movie that's also excellent. Yes. Oh, <laughs> those are some of the best kinds of movies. Yes. They get better on a rewatch. Absolutely. But yeah, so yeah, I mean, like, and that that scene, you know, like, A, again, establishes a ton of basically, yes. you know, you don't know that the girl is the dead girl yet, but like, you know. It, there's, there, you know, there's some history there. You might, mm-hmm. you might even at this point be able to infer that. Um, she clearly sounds very distraught. Um, and then, of course, there's the iconic car scene. Yes, which leads me to something that, like, you know, I, I think is a theme, like, from a directorial standpoint in this movie is, oh, like, because I noticed this on the on this re, on this rewatch. And this is this is again, this is me watching this with a critical eye and never having really done that before. I started to pick up on this is there are a ton in this movie of long approach shots. Yes. Yes, that is also something I noticed. Like so and he, at, yeah, basically it's like Brian uh Brent, sorry, Brian. Brendan is in a Brian's phone, a different character. Yes, Brian is a different character. Uh Brendan is in a phone booth. Which of course, phone booth. First of all, like you could tell, this was this is not yeah, current. Know, current. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's in a phone booth, and you know he's kind of you know like very very rule of thirds. He's in the kind of you know bottom left corner of the screen, and then mm-hmm. you first all you hear is noise, and it's a very loud engine followed by and you because like the the phone booth is kind of like on this big empty you know like looks yes. like like not quite a highway, but definitely like like a like a main like a main road, a big main road. And like you just hear this sound. You hear like uh, Emily on the phone. Just, oh God, you know, like yeah, and, then, and you don't initially know what's happening. And then this car flies by, you know, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry, Jason. did you just you, the the big car buff just skipped over describing this car? Oh, I was getting to it. Okay, I'm okay. Was, let let me not stop you. I'm sorry. Let me get out of your way here. I, I was getting to it. I was getting to it. This car <laughs> fl- flies. Well, yes, it does. Fly, yeah, I mean, you. Yes, for for those of you who are you know uh, familiar with cars, and even really yeah. people that are familiar with cars, Pe- people who are watching this without having seen the movie first. Yeah, you're in for a treat. Oh yeah, I mean, like it it flies by, and it's this you know like this 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 the old Mustang, and like you know mirror black finish. Yes. It's it's raised up a little bit off its wheels, so it's kind of a it's not a high ride, but it like the whole wheel is showing that there's a little like space between the wheel well and the uh-huh. wheel. Hey, hey Steven, this is this is, yeah? this is this is you betraying your 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 less knowledge of cars. That's pretty much just how that car looks. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you yeah. you would be so I I I I've I've uh, like the first time I ever saw one of those things in person. Like it's kind of it's surprising how high up they are. Yeah, it, it is. Like when I watched the movie this recent time, I was like, wow, that's raised a little bit. And then of course, yeah, the cigarette dropping. Like, so we're not. I mean, we shouldn't go through every scene. I was about to say, yeah, we probably should. You know, <laughs> this might skip around a little bit. This so, might get um, down. Yeah. 
So, like, yeah. I mean, basically, the, the the movie, this movie is essentially about, like, you know, uh, like, this 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 guy, Brendan Fry, his his ex-girlfriend is is murdered under, I mean, all, most murders are under mysterious circumstances, but, you know, <laughs> under mysterious circumstances, no one really knows exactly who did it and why, um, but he knew, you know, basically, based on these two intro scenes, that, like, she was in some type of trouble, you know, that there was mm-hmm. some kind of thing going on, Um so the the rest of the movie is basically his investigation of this, um, you know, yeah, into the the criminal underworld of a, uh, I guess what California, Los Angeles, yeah, high South, school, South California, South California. Sure. So and and there's like a lot of things like right off the bat that kind of give like him this you know like this detective feel, you know, like very quickly you start to get the it's like okay this guy he's he's. He can investigate things, you know. He's, he's yeah. So he, he has a he has a he has a buddy, uh, a tech guy, so to speak, called Brian. Who he who he him and him and Brian sort of uh, work out what the phone call from Emily means. Well, and start say, trying you, to. You say Brian, but do they not refer to him pretty much exclusively as Brain? So yeah. So what's interesting? Wait a second. I I feel like at the start of the movie they do refer to him as. Brian, but do they always refer to him as Brain? I think they always refer to him as Brain. They might always refer to him as Brain. Yeah. In which case, which which is just you know, yeah, it's just literally well. what he is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to that part. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, essentially, yes, he is. You know, his kind of I don't want to say sidekick, but you know, definitely he's kind of like the Watson to his Sherlock Holmes, if that's yes. a, a metaphor that works. No, I think that's a very good. It's a good way to think of it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, pretty much. Yeah. So. You know, and again, this uh, dialogue scenes that I just love is him talking to to Brain, you know, messing yes. around with the Rubik's Cube there. Um, they're tossing it back and forth, which I, you know, I like, I guess, you know, so so we don't have to, you know, belabor this for too long. There is good reason to believe that Brain is not actually a person yeah. per se. But it is literally his brain. Yes. You were literally seeing the physical representation of him thinking, which... As I watch this movie, like, there's some problems with that because there are some things that it seems like he does that, you know, would only be able to be done by a person. Yes, but, the, especially the getting pulled out of class by the principal. Yes, when he was physically not in class. Which, yes. you know, that being said, I feel like it's kind of one of those things where it's it's a loose, it's just more of a loose metaphor and not necessarily, like, a physical, like, yeah, brain didn't actually exist. He well, I, I think this this leads back to my, my point I made in the... Us, us discussing the initial impressions to the movie is it, it's very much a like oh wouldn't it be like cool and artsy if the this brain character was like actually his brain yeah i feel like if it was intentional that like that was what was supposed to happen it wasn't it's, it was not well fleshed out the ending shot is i feel like as intentional as filmmaking gets I mean, it's very clear that Brain walks into Brandon's. I mean, I'm just revealing it right now, I guess. Well, yes. But the ending shot of the movie, or one of the ending shots, is Brain literally walking into Brandon, our main character's head, uh, at the end of the movie. At, you know, because he's done. And there's no, and he never walks off frame after walking into his head in frame. Okay, we got to discuss this before this drives me nuts for the rest of this uh, this this review. It's Brendan. Brendan. Okay, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> it's like the whole time. Not like, Brandon. It's not Brandon. It's Brendan. Brendan. Okay. <laughs> Brendan, yeah, yeah. Brendan. Brendan Fry. It's just like, it's like the whole Fry. time. It's like I'm, I'm saying Brendan. You're saying Brandon, and it is definitely Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those B words, you know. Yeah. Whatever. You know. That's why we have the pop filter, so we don't get those yeah. Brandons and. <laughs> was that really annoying on the mic? I, I, we're gonna find. No, that, that was good. You have a good pop filter. Oh, excellent! All right, beautiful. Um, so uh, let's. Okay, now I think so, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go off in the woods for a bit because like, that kind of sets it up, and we'll maybe talk about some some specific scenes. But like, yeah. let's 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 get off into the woods for a second. Yes, let's so, let's do it. I what I really what I really love about that initial scene with uh, him and Brain is the whole. Um, where have you been eating? Where has she been eating? That phrasing and that use of that language, it's like, because, I mean, obviously that is not a noir thing, you know? Like, there's no lunchrooms in film noir yeah. that I'm aware of, you know? I've watched a couple noir films, but I would not say that I saw a lunchroom at any point. Um, but very high school, but if you were to imagine that, like, a noir took place in a high school, you could very quickly imagine that some kind of dialogue like that would exist. I mean, like, you know, I'm not too old to remember what it was like, you know, in high school and, you know, the, the concept, like, the politics of who eats where. And that whole that whole phrasing of, you know, well, where's she, where's she been eating tells you a lot about, like, it's what group has she been falling in with? You know, who's she been hanging out with? And then... Something that I really like right in that scene that I didn't notice. In fact, I don't think I ever noticed until this rewatch is, you know, when he's talking about, he's kind of stumbles over where she's been eating. Because I think he thinks that Brendan is asking her a very different question that he's actually asking her. Because he says, oh, well, you know, I mean, it's kind of tough to keep track. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, because it, it, the field got a little crowded there at the end. Yeah, is that which what you're is something referencing? That, yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Something that. Um, something that. Uh, what is it Laura? Emily. N- oh well, no, that Laura references. Oh, yeah, Laura. You're right, right, right. Is right, it right. no? Is it Laura or was it no? It's um no no. It was uh, Kara references kind of towards. The yeah, end right. Of you're the right. Movie. That is Kara. Yes. It, yeah, Kara references towards the end. I always think it's Laura, but it is actually Kara that references towards the end of the movie. It's just like you know, it's like it was a little, a little crowded in there towards the end. Yeah, you know, and it's like I didn't notice that at first, but I think basically Braid is trying to avoid the like, oh god, who is she seeing? Is Brendan trying to like you know get back together with her? Like you know, very interesting. I really like that scene. So um, it's interesting. Know. I had a, I actually had a different interpretation of that one. To to me, it's the reason he ums and ahs um, is because it's painful. Mm. to think about her because yes. this is from the perspective of brain is literally brendan yeah and i'm and, i kind of on this rewatch of them and so we're going to have some differences of opinion on that because on this rewatch well i, I think the other way of, i mean i think they're both pretty valid interpretations uh, of that well yeah i i think that it's i think that it's basically very loose it's like they obviously want you to like interpret it at the end of the movie with that you know brain walking into his brain scene you know mm-hmm. but i feel like they do not take the 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 actual the metaphor very seriously and they no. basically they basically use him like as both a person and as also both a facsimile for his thoughts and my my notes kind of reflect that like i kind of like sometimes i'm like okay in this situation he is brain and in this situation he is brain the friend but it isn't it is i think it's important to note that is really the only truly ambiguous part of the movie oh yes i think yeah that his and it's like i said i think it's the clumsiest thing about this movie but like if you kind of put it to his to a side and just kind of like treat him as a, 
a separate character when he needs to be and then not a separate character when, you know, yes, there's something it, to... It's very much a suspension of disbelief. And and really, is you know, I, I don't think I noticed the brain thing on the first, pre, on the first watch. So it, it's kind of like an Easter egg more so than a deliberate choice. Oh, yeah. I mean, he absolutely is not treated like, you know, I mean, other than the fact that he does not interact with anybody else on screen yes. except for Brendan, like, you know, you would never notice that. It's just kind mm-hmm. of one of those things. Yeah. It's definitely something you just pick up on later. Yeah. Um, speaking of clumsy, though, okay. how much did you pay attention to the actual uh, musical score? Oh, okay. So it's interesting you're leading into it with that because I love the musical score of this movie. Well, see, that's the thing is, is I do love the musical score of this movie as well. But I felt like, especially, it's actually it's it's a little weird, but I feel like in the early parts of the movie there is a lot of heavy music cues mm-hmm. for like emotional scenes, like where it's like the music is is like one to one with what the emotion you're supposed to be feeling is. Uh-huh. Um, but right around the middle of the movie. The music, the music cues get way more subtle. Interesting. Like I, I don't know if you've noticed that, but like, there were a few scenes early on, um, specifically the uh, like when he first meets Kara and um, the scene where he meets Emily when she goes to see him when she's still alive. Mm-hmm. Both of those scenes have extremely heavy music cues, where it's like when 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 there's a sad moment, the music gets sad. And when it's like, you know, suspenseful, the music, it's like, it's very like, and it's loud music too. Like, it's very like in your face. Hmm. Um, um, and that's one of the things that sort of led me to think of it as more of like a, an amateur directorial attempt. Cause it's, it's very queued up. I, I didn't, um, I didn't spe- like, cause I, you know, I did notice there's a lot of musical cues that I really like in, in the soundtrack. Um, like actually we, 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 we kind of blew past one, but like him, when when the uh, the note drops out of his locker that kind of like initially yes. gives him the, oh, the yes, impetus yes, yes. the impetus to like go to the phone booth um you know it's like he 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 picks it up and there's a little like just a little chime and then he kind of snaps yeah, right? his fingers to like flip it over and there's another little yes. chime and like there's a lot of these little type of musical cues in there that mm. I adore in this movie oh you would you like those I love those. See, I feel like as the movie goes on, the the amount of diegetic sound increases, and the amount of non-diegetic sound gets. If, if it doesn't go away entirely, at least it's very subtle. And I lo- I like that. I like diegetic stuff. I don't. Gonna, I'm not a big soundtrack guy. You're gonna have to define that for me. I'm not familiar with that term. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> diegetic is in, so like you know when he goes to see Dode. Yes. And the guy's doing the straw thing. Uh-huh. That's diegetic. It's, it's oh, okay. sound that it's coming from in the movie. Okay. I'm f- it's okay. actually I'm f- happening. I'm familiar with that concept. I, I just, I did not realize that was the term for it. Yeah, that's the, that's, yeah. I took and a film I, class once in high school and that, that's the one term that stuck with me. Fair enough. I, and like, I think I've heard that term before, but I, I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure I know what you mean, but let me just clarify <laughs> that I know what you mean so we can yeah. keep having so, this conversation. Um, but I will say, and I didn't, because I didn't watch the movie specifically for those like um mm-hmm. like the, the like the soundtrack like i was i, I just i just i just like the soundtrack well, yeah, i wasn't sure. so yeah. much like you know I, it was not the thing that i paid attention to although i could definitely pay attention to well, that because i love the soundtrack too but to me like okay the scene where he's running away from the assassin the guy yeah. trying to knife him uh-huh. that scene cuts the music and yes. it's just the footsteps uh-huh. and it's just like it it's it, it you would get absorbed in the scene so much more uh-huh. than if there was like a really like you know heavy like you know uh because a lot of the music is western inspired i don't know if you noticed yes 
And it's just like, you know, you could have had like a crazy guitar going during that whole thing. Yeah. But you don't need it. Yeah. Well, let me say this. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this kind of appeal here is, and I, like I said, I didn't watch it for this, but I, yes. I have a feeling this is probably the case. Um, but you can tell me if I'm wrong is, I mean, you're familiar with the concept of light motifs, right? Uh, just tell me what it is. Okay. Darth Vader, his Imperial March. Oh, every time he comes sure. up, it's a light motif. It's basically, yeah, yeah. Okay. it's, it's okay. the theme song for the character. The, the character theme. Yes. Um, I feel like, and I can't confirm this cause I didn't really pay attention to it. Maybe I should have, but I feel like all those things you're talking about in the beginning are establishing the different characters, light motifs. Sure. But, uh, but they don't. Um, you know, I honestly, I got absorbed into the movie in the last half. And so I kind of stopped paying as hard as attention to the music. Yeah. So I can't remember if they keep those light motifs going. Yeah. That would be interesting to like, if I, if I, if I watched it again to, to, to pay more attention to that and see if that's the case. I, Cause I just, I remember being taken out of the first car scene mm. when he goes to meet her in the, in the drama department the first time uh-huh. the music is very heavy very on the nose and it made me and that was when i first went like oh this this kind of feels a little bit like amateur hour actually like what's what's going on here mm. that's when i started paying more attention to all the different but i mean like i just said the last half of the movie kind of just took me for a ride so you know gotcha that says I think, something itself i want to say that her theme specifically is carried in each of her scenes i think that i'm not 100 percent sure well no when definitely when definitely when he goes and breaks her stuff Yes. At the end, that it's definitely also another very heavy music scene with that same music. Yeah. So at least I, her does. But like the does the um, does Tug or the Pin have I a light theme? I don't think so. I don't think that they. I don't recall I don't them having a light theme. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, you, you, okay. You, t- tell you what. Do you want to know what? Uh, I'm gonna get real artsy with it. Do you want to know what Tug's light motif is? No. Sound, I mean, I do, but I don't yeah, know what it is. The, the sound of a Mustang engine. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's him. That's what he and, sounds and, like. <laughs> and going back to what you were talking about earlier with the long camera shots. Yes, when uh, that that's when Tug is walking up yep. to Brandon when he's about to throw the cinder block on it. Yep, uh, that's another one. That is one of the best shots in the whole movie, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, it's 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 tense. It's funny. Actually, you know, it's really a representative of the kind of style Ryan Johnson has, like, adopted going forward. This mm. sign of, like, you know, all hands on deck. Like, let's let's throw a little bit of, like, humor and a little bit of tenseness and some, like, some arty camera shots, but also some really down-to-earth, like, you know, yeah. action scenes. I mean, like, the, the Brad Bramish fight oh, God, is, yes. is so wonderfully shot. Just, like, all the different cuts and countercuts or... Uh, Let's go. Let's let's go back to that for a second because I want to talk about those long approach shots for for yes. just a second so that we kind of button that up because I really there's there's, there's I, I I I don't know why I picked up on this as the thing that I was paying attention to but it's the thing that I paid attention to. Well, so there's some of the most striking shots in the movie. So there is most of the shots are approaches. So the the, the ones that I pick out are the car, um, tug coming up to the car. You know, mm-hmm. with the yeah. cinder block scene, Emily, when he when yes. he meets her, you know, it's again, it's like, and it's it's the same, it's almost it's it's, it's almost the same framing too, because he's basically like, yeah. he's he's sitting there, you know, at the bottom left corner of the screen, and she's approaching from the top right, you know. Um, yeah, I think it's the it's the same framing as Emily. Is is that what you're referring to? That's or? what that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it's like 
all of those scenes, you know, are these just like, it's very striking because it's like not a, not a shot that you see a whole heck of a lot in film, you no. know? You know, it's like you usually like even even with long takes, it's usually the camera is doing something, whereas it's like the camera's just sitting there and you're just watching a thing happen, you know. Um, And then it takes guts to do that kind of shot. It takes guts to do that kind of shot. And like the interesting thing, too, about like that particular Emily scene is the impatience of it, because, you know, she's approaching and he could just wait for her to show up. But instead, you you see him jump up and run towards her. Yeah, you know, it's great. Yeah. So all of these scenes contrast with one of the final scenes of the movie where mm-hmm. you have this long shot of Laura Dannon walking away. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay. And, that, and that's what caps the movie off, basically. I mean, other than the brain scene. Like, that's kind of what caps the movie off. It's interesting you mentioned that because thinking about it now, you're right. It is the only scene of someone walking away like that. And it's, it's like, the way I interpret that is, you know, you have basically, like, all of these, um, you know, all of these approach scenes. And you basically, these are, and these, in, in, a, in a lot of ways, like, are your introductions to a lot of characters. And, you know, like, the scene with Tug kind of approaching him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really the introduction to his character. No. Well, the real but, introduction to his character is him sucker punching him. Yeah, yeah, and then which but, is great, which is perfect. You could even say the real introduction to his character is the car driving up in the first place, but I think that is actually the introduction scene for Laura Dannon, which yes. you do not know until the end of the movie. No, you don't think about that at all. But the those long approaches and basically like. If you think about it, those are all of the important players. Yeah. I, I actually just realized that just now. It's, There's it's, not a big cast in this movie. Yeah, but it's Laura, Tug, Emily, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's it. Those are yeah. the, those are the three. Everybody else is kind of tertiary to this. I mean, Brendan. Well, okay, but Brendan He's is, there too. Is there too. You know, but like, so the idea of Laura walking away from him kind of at the end of the movie, to me, that's like, okay, we've solved it. We figured it out. You know, like that's... That's that's the end cap to this. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yes. It it very much is the end cap. Yes. <laughs> I really. So yeah. I I was really keen. I thought that was a really interesting choice. You know, like from like a cinematography standpoint, and you know, like yeah. Well, I watched. I actually. I I watched the movie with one of my friends. Um, and it was his first time seeing it. Mm. And and that was one of the things he pointed out after we'd watched the movie, and I asked him about it. Was he was like those those like you know long like steady shots of people walking were like really striking like you know and so i i think i think that's that's definitely one of the one of the big like cinematography like you know slam dunks essentially yes Yes. in this movie it is it is definitely the hallmark of this whole film but speaking of the beautiful cinematography Mm -hmm. um the 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 use of low and high angle shots in this film is very interesting Mm mm-hmm because you get, because usually low angle, high angle is used to do like power dynamics in yes. a lot of in a lot of movies. Yes. Um, but in this movie, there's a lot of shots with double low angles. Yeah. And the one that comes to mind, you know, most is probably the the principal scene where he gets called into the vice principal's office or the assistant vice principal's office. Oh my god, I love that scene. And that scene is great for two reasons. One is the fact that it 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 does some crazy stuff with low angles where the low angles like get lower and lower as the scene goes on. Oh, okay. And it's very like disturbing actually because mm. it's like both people are losing control of the situation simultaneously almost it seems. Yeah. Um but the other reason I love that mo- that that scene is it's the first break in the movie. 
It's the okay. first scene that's like a little a little funny. Oh, okay. A yes. little on the nose, a little bit, hey, like, we needed a, you know, give me your badge and gun scene in a high school noir movie. Yeah. So it's the assistant vice principal. Yes. Giving a student permission to, like, you know, investigate a drug ring. Yes. <laughs> okay. That that scene, is that scene, like, is that paralleled in another? Because I, I, I've been trying to find this. I could swear that one of the Humphrey Bogart movies has a very close facsimile to this exact scene. Like, with, 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 with like, exact dialogue. I mean, movie directors you know, steal scenes all the time. So I would not be surprised that this was an, an, homage, an homage to something. I, I just, it, it drives me nuts because I couldn't find it, but I could swear I was watching because I, I, like after this movie, I got very into noir. I was like, oh, but I, yeah. I, I think maybe I like film noir. Let me check yeah. it out. Um, and uh, one of the things that I noticed when I was, um, when I was watching it is I thought I had seen this, like, I thought it was, like, in The Big Sleep or something, or or The Maltese Falcon, but I haven't been able to find it, so I don't know if I just made that up and I'm crazy, but if anybody knows, <laughs> I would love to find out. But I'm sure the internet's got you covered. I mean, yeah, the dialogue in that scene is incredible. The one that I, I, I specifically wrote down, because I just love the phrasing, and this goes back to your whole, like, you know, the way, like, Brendan speaks very poetically, and it's, in fact, lampshaded in that scene. Yeah, exactly, principle. yes. Is, you know, like, it's like I, I, I gave you Jared to see him eaten, not to see you fed. Yes, you yes. know, and it's like that line. Yeah, and then, and, then, and then that's the break you're talking about. Because then he goes, yeah. then he goes, then he goes. It's like it's like oh, very well put, Mister Fry. And, it's, and then, yeah, and then, and then it's yeah, yeah. Uh, Miss whatever's English, you know, yeah. you know. It's like oh, I heard she's tough, tough but fair. And it's like oh, there yeah. we go. We're in a school. Yeah. It's great. I yeah. love it. Everything is amazing. Exactly. This it's movie. the first time they're just like, okay, yes, this is a little bit on the nose. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. You you get you get pretty deep into the movie before they're like, okay. By the way, guys, just remember this is a school. This is yeah. gonna be the, the setting. Like you know, yeah. let's let's do this here. Let's level set. <laughs> yeah, let's level set. I love it. Yeah, and of course the other. I mean, so the other scene. I have another scene in mind where they also take a break for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, to talk about that scene, I feel like we have to talk about the pin. Yes, one of. Probably my my favorite parts of the whole movie is the whole character of the pin. Yes, because there's this yeah right. there's this mystery you know of you know oh well you know there's some sort of brick and there's a, a kingpin or something you yeah. know and we have to find this kingpin and you know of course a kingpin is traditionally you know a big tough guy you know an Al Capone or a I don't know uh, what's another big king kingpin oh I mean uh, the Godfather. The Godfather, right? There we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Frank Corleone. Yeah, Frank Corleone. Is it, exactly. Is it Frank? God, I haven't seen The Godfather in so long. Okay, I'm sorry if I got that wrong. People that are really oh. into film. <laughs> All I can think of is the Zootopia version of, of Frank Corleone. Yeah, the God. the hamster. I know it's Corleone. I really hope it's Frank. I don't know if it actually is Frank. <laughs> Frank. That sounds right. I, I, doesn't I, it? It has a feeling of rightness, but yeah. I'm not Frank actually... Corleone. Like, yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. Oh, uh, you're wrong. I'm almost positive you're wrong, though, because I'm searching it on Google and it's not auto-filling it for me. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Uh, okay, wait. Godfather. Thank you for fact-checking me in real yeah. time. I can't help but do it. It's like a, it's like a instinct. Yeah. Uh, Don Vito Corleone. So we yeah. were not even close. 
shit. Okay. Well, anyway, so sorry. Vito Corleone. <laughs> Frank Corleone. Frank. Now, now he sounds like a construction worker to Frank me. Corleone. Frank, yeah. I'm Frank Corleone. <laughs> Christ Almighty. By the way, the, the clacking of your keyboard is, is actually very soothing. You know, that's good. Oh, that's good because I'm sure it would be really annoying to some people. Yeah, I, I, I actually like the clickety clacks. So uh, I'm yeah, good with that. I, yeah. Look up as many things as you need to. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, yes. Um, the other thing is funny about that. The uh, like the pin, in, like the whole like concept of him, and like even when they're talking about it beforehand, I, I wrote this down specifically because it just gave me a little chuckle. Because like at the time, like it, it didn't even phase me, but now as a thirty-one-year-old man, yes, um, it's like oh yeah, he's he's old, like like twenty-six, and I'm just like yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That line did also give me a good chuckle. It's just yeah, like, oh I mean, like, yeah, like. I don't know older what, than him. Yeah, I don't know what year of high school they're in, but like, I mean, like, I could, I could very well imagine them being like, you know, juniors or or even sophomores in high school, and so it's yeah, like, you know, you know, sixteen, seventeen. It's like, yeah, you yeah. know, that's a whole decade of difference. It's like that. Yeah, that could seem he's an old. old man. He's he's old, you know, old like twenty six. Love it, yeah. love it. And I remember when I first watched the movie, I did think of him as old. I thought, yeah, wow, twenty six. That guy's ancient. <laughs> <I'm> just like <laughs> sitting here Watch. now. I'm, 27 oh you just passed it just wait yeah yeah okay yeah because you'll be yeah you'll be 20 i think i'm 28 this year you're yeah. 20 yeah yeah that, that's how you know that it's starting to happen is when when you start forgetting your age uh, after 21 <laughs> i started forgetting my age fair enough it's not, not really a lot of milestones after that nope. except, for, except for 30 <laughs> yeah all right so Yes, the pin. oh my god the pin. yeah so the first time you see the pin, so this whole time you're only like uh, reference to the underworld is like the t- is Tug, yes, who is genuinely terrifying. Oh God, yes, that guy. I wouldn't want to run into that guy. Yeah, just like a you know five foot six pure muscle. Yeah, yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's like that's the thing is he's not particular big, but he is just like he is he is as stereotypical as like a muscle could possibly be. Yeah, in high school. Yeah, and he, actually, he is what I. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to diverge too much, but I did want to make this quick point because I like now that we're talking about Tug as being the muscle. I mean, we're in an hour twenty minutes. I feel like we we can't really complain about divergence. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But um, there are two fake outs that I think that I want to see if you think that you agree that these are fake outs. Is right in the beginning of the movie, we have two characters that fill very defined roles. We have Kara, who fills very much that kind of femme fatale role, I think. And then we have Brad Brandish, who fills that, like, you know, tough muscle type of role. And right at the beginning of the movie, if you're, you know, watching a film noir, you might be checking the box of, like, okay, this is the guy that's going to beat up the, uh, the dude. And, like, this is the woman that's going to, you know, turn on him, you know? And, like, Laura Dannon... Is like she kind of exists. Yes. She's kind of there. She's a ghost. But yeah, she doesn't really mean anything to anybody yet. You know, yes. she's just kind of there. And it's like, oh, she's and she doesn't look particularly like devious. She's just kind of like the girlfriend of the muscle. So whatever. Yeah. So I submit that those two characters are for viewers of film noir to throw them off the scent of who the important characters actually are. I haven't seen enough film noir to have a sense of that, honestly. Um, I, mean, I mean, the femme fatale, I feel like that's a pretty established character. I would no, say, Ka- Kara, I agree with 100%. I would say that in a lot of film noir, and, and you know, maybe people that are more familiar with the genre will call me a moron for this, but I feel like in a lot of cases, like, you know, one of the hallmarks of the film noir is that the main character... Gets the crap beat out of him at one point or another. Oh yeah, 
100%. You know? And somebody's got to do it. And I submit that that person is the quote-unquote muscle. And Brad, yeah. Brad Bramish always came across as a patsy. Interesting. Okay. I don't know. I It's hard for me to like, you know, reach back a decade and think about what my first reaction was. I can agree to Brad with that. Bramish. I mean, he's definitely, he's definitely full of himself in a way that like, it seems like he's not really justified. He's in. played a little too straight as like a jock to be anything but like okay. kind of a joke I'm, to me. I'm, I'm less, I'm less, uh, I'm less confident in that, in that assessment of the Brad Bramish tug thing than I am of yeah. the, the Kara Laura Dannon thing. Kara, I, you're definitely right. She's definitely 100%. set up as like, okay, pay attention to this character. Yes. And then it's like, and then Laura Dannon comes in and you're yeah. like, oh, by the way, yeah. also, I will say, um, every single time I've watched this movie, I actually, this is the first time I actually picked up on it. Um, I never, because one complaint I have about this movie is the sound mixing in some places is terrible. Um, and one of those seeds was Brain and Brendan talking about when you first see Laura and Brad Bramish. Um, I hear that, that, that thing is like, oh, that's Brad Bramish. And I hear, like, I hear Lord something every single time. I don't hear Laura. I hear like, like he's the Lord of this school or whatever is how oh. I, oh, that might just be because I'm deaf as shit. But like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, cause like I, I made a specific note. I was like, cause when Laura gets introduced, I'm like, have we heard her name yet? Do we know who this girl is? <laughs> and then I went back and I was like, oh, they say Laura Dannon. Okay. My, like the, like, I just like, for whatever reason, I don't know the sound mixing. Sometimes I don't hear things very well in it. And I, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I made a point of turning up the volume really loud yeah. when I watched this movie downstairs specifically because I was like. Hey, this movie has really hard to hear dialogue, like almost constantly. It, yeah, I don't. I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think the sound mixing. Again, it it's a first film. It's it's his first directorial debut. I don't. There's yeah. some rough edges that need to be sanded. Yeah, I mean, like the film but, is definitely not as crispy as it could be, and you know, like it's not um, like the sound is not quite. But like yeah, those are the only things that kind of betray, to me at least, the yeah. Hey, it's it's the tone and the dialogue of the movie, the setting, the that's all amazing. Yes. So anyway, I apologize. We we kind of got off the rails on. Um... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, the pin. So yes, you uh you get to see all of this build up to to this kingpin character, and he turns around and is a you know, awkwardly lanky, you know, bad facial hair, twenty six year old guy, and the whole movie just sort of takes takes a turn. I feel at this point. And there's an interesting thing there too. Um... Like, in that scene, as they're walking down the stairs, just, like, a little fun tug moment for me. He lets him hit the wall. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's got him blindfolded. As he's walking yeah. him down the stairs, he just, bah, right yeah. into the wall. And then, of course, like, you know, we, we, we can't not mention the fact that, like, on the drive there, I mean, obviously, he's blindfolded. Um, and, you know, he cracks the uh, yes. cracks the, the, the trunk open, manages to take stock of where he is, what the address is, so that he's got some leverage. Yeah, yeah, which, very which impressive. Which becomes, becomes important later. Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's certainly a uh, on-your-feet thinker, that's yeah. for and sure. I, I, think that, I mean, that's consistent throughout the movie. I mean, like, yes, you, oh no, 100%. Like, and I guess, like... Yeah, when so he let's meets... keep talking about the pin. Let's keep talking about the pin for a second, because otherwise I'm going to get way too off into the woods. Well, the reason I want to talk about the pin specifically yes. is because it leads to my favorite moment in the whole movie, uh... um, which is is the beach scene. Oh, the beach! I love the beach scene. The beach scene. So you know, uh, there's a, there's some plot stuff that happens between Brendan and the pin, but they end up on the same side. It's uh, 
ostensibly, uh, even though Brendan is secretly trying to bring him down. Um, And so they go to the, the the pin brings Brendan to the beach to discuss some issues with him. Um, And at one point, there's a there's sort of an awkward silence, which the pin tries to to fill by talking about Lord of the Rings. Yep. And he goes, uh, you know, I really like uh, the Hobbit books, you know, yeah. J.R.L. Tolkien. Uh, his descriptions of things are really good. <laughs> and it's just, I know. it's so perfect. It's such it's a just... great line because it's, it's like, it's the worst way to describe J.R.L. Tolkien's descriptions. It's just like, yeah. his descriptions are really good. Like, he's not... He's not really that smart or clever. He's just some guy who got lucky. And, and it, it's in this moment you kind of feel sorry for the pin a little yeah. bit. It's like, oh, he's kind of pathetic a little bit. Which yeah. the movie really rams home in its, in its final sequences. Oh, God. That, that scene is so, yes. like, it's so rough, man. Because, I mean, yeah. yeah, like, Tug just, like, completely and totally physically yeah. overpowered. So at the end of the yeah. film, the, the, the partnership between Tug and the pin breaks down to, due to plot-related events. Yes. Um, Tug starts, is going to kill the pin, and Brendan stops him by taking his gun away. Uh, to which Tug, being Tug, of course, uh, he just starts beating the pin to death. Yes. And, uh, you know, you get this long sequence of Brendan standing there with the gun in his hand, uh, looking into just a, bla- a pitch black room. And, yeah, just voices of, like, the, the pins screaming yeah, out, like, just like, like really, help me. Yeah, just like, well, just like, you know, but not even, like, help me, like a, help me, like, ah, like a really, yeah, but, exactly. like, you know, he's, <laughs> and then, of course, Brendan drops the gun and kicks it into this and the gun just disappears into the darkness yes and, oh, and you do hear a gunshot if i yes, recall correctly you do you do as he's as he's uh running out the window and, or and i think actually out on the lawn you hear the gunshot yeah and it's like you know it's actually interesting i didn't even realize this till now but like that, that scene is it's basically a mercy in one of two ways right because it's like either the, the the pin gets to shoot tug or at least he stops him from beating to death and just shoots him i i don't know? think there's any way to interpret it other than it's it's uh tug shooting the pin is that is that I don't feel how like that goes? I mean, well, I don't. I mean, I don't know, but I don't because I was I was about to ask you is like, do we ever get like any closure on no. who kills who in that no. scene? I didn't think we did. None at all. There, I didn't think Laura explained it. They're ultimately unimportant to Brendan, so yes. we do not learn of them. Yes, um, but That's no, interesting I, though because I definitely I definitely could read that scene as the 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 pin grabbing the gun and shooting Tug. If 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 the pin like. If we hadn't spent 30 seconds hearing how pathetic and, like, broken the pin was, I, I would agree with that. But, like, the the way the pin sounds in that scene, I, I really can't believe he'd, like, actually have the guts to, like, reach up and shoot uh, the tug in that moment. Like, it just, okay. the characters don't don't seem like that would that would be it. We definitely read that scene differently. That's interesting, though. But it's like, you know, that it, it goes to like, yeah, like a lot of like the kind of like interesting little like ambiguities that, you know, do show up in this that are not, that are good ambiguities, like that promote discussion such as this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we um, haven't even, we haven't even talked about one of the main characters in the movie yet. Yes. Dode. Yes. Yeah. And Dode is interesting. I, 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 I have a lot to say about like, Actually, one particular scene that stands out to me. Um, oh, but like, yeah. You know, so you know, um, we we could talk about a lot about Dode. Like, I mean, uh, I, I guess talking about Dode kind of makes me feel like we need to talk a little bit about Brendan and their relationship. Um, so I don't know if we want to like keep going through this as like 
like character by character and kind of explain like some things that we want to talk about with each. Um, but I feel like if we're going to talk about Dode, I want to just, I want to talk about Brendan and his arc in this story and kind of my thoughts on like how this whole thing develops. Okay. Yeah. Go, go for it. So the thing, I mean, like, you know, if I'm kind of trying to go through these scenes in my mind in order, you know, it's like, you know, one of the things that we see with Brendan very quickly is like, yeah, he is a bit of an investigator, you know, like he's already like, you know, he he has the conversation with Emily and he's already kind of on the case, you know, he's trying to figure out what's going on with her, you know, and why, why she reached out for help and what she's worried about. Um, and, you know, so you kind of like, you get what, what, what the scene that immediately kind of tells you, I think everything that you, um, you want to know about Brendan is the first kerosene. So she go like he goes to her, um, you know, because Kara, you know, kind of a minor player, but like mm-hmm. Brendan's ex, she, she is he is one of Brendan's ex girlfriends, as uh, like a, you know like a, a very popular like theater girl, you know, she's kind of I guess she's a bit of a diva, I guess is probably yes. the best way to describe yeah. her. 100%. You know, I described her before as the fake out femme fatale, and you know, of the diva being the femme fatale, probably not uh, unheard of. So it kind yeah, of she's makes like sense. the lounge singer type. Oh well, we'll get back to that because um, <laughs> I because I have some exact. I, I very quickly I'm going to have some thoughts on that as well uh, because one of the things that you know you get Brendan is you know uh, goes to her um, goes to her dressing room and rifles through it right. I believe that's I believe that's the, that's the scene that he gets before Kara shows up. If I recall correctly, I'm just take a little peek at my notes. Yeah, here. I think you're right. Yes, and he's he's rifling through her stuff, and the thing that really catches my eye in that is the way he puts everything back exactly the way that it was. Oh, I didn't notice that actually. Interesting. Because he's pulling things out, but then like there's things that are like you know like I think like the, I can't remember if it was the chair was a certain way or if it was like there was something in the drawer that was kind of like half open and sticking out, and he puts it all back exactly as it was left, and it's like, okay, this guy's a bit of an investigator, you know? Like he's oh, he's got. Uh, see, I would have a different view on that actually. Okay, go ahead. He's he's spent time as her like errand boy. Also that. So he would like know her. Her habits and like how to clean up after her. Uh, see, I saw that in a different way because he he does this again with the pin when he rifles through the pin stuff. Is he makes sure to put everything back as is, only under much more time pressure because he could hear somebody coming. Yes. Well, yeah. Know? No, I think he. I mean, yes. I think you're right. He is. That is him being an investigator. Ultimately, I mean, he does yes. it with uh, with Emily with taking her notebook. I mean, he's always yes. he's always seems to be looking for the the other game in town. Yes. Um, and so I'm just trying to get my chronology right here as I'm peeking at my notes because, um, yeah, so he goes, you know, he talks to Kara and, you know, that's, that's, that's where I really have that feeling of the, um, of, of the femme fatale there, you know, the, I could use you, Brendan. Yes. Well, yeah. A very specific phrasing. I could use you. I love, and I love the way that she says that, you know, she's (laughs) just got this little twinkle in her eye. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. And so it's like, she's very much set up this way, which I like. Um, but anyway, so, you know, she gets, uh, um, you know, she gets the, uh, what is it? He gets the invitation. Because I'm trying to remember now, actually. I'm having a little bit of trouble. So he meets, he, he, meets, the... he meets Emily and he steals her notebook and finds the invitation with the number cut off. And so he goes to Kara's place and breaks in to steal her invitation that has the number. 
Oh, okay. So he, he goes to meet. Okay. That was what I was meant. So he does go to meet with Emily first. Yes. That he definitely does. That's where he finds out about the party in the first place. That's meeting Emily is very early in the movie. Yeah. I, I, it's you like know, the I, fifth or sixth scene. Like that's, you know, it's funny. I, I like, again, this is, this is, this is me thinking the movie is always more padded out than it actually yeah, it's is. It's not at it all. Is, it's so quick. Like I, I, I said this before, there's no wasted scene in this movie. Yeah. So I always, I, okay, I didn't have that down in my notes. I, I, I must have been, I'm enthralled by that scene. I like it so much that yeah. like I wasn't really paying attention <laughs> to my notes and I just kind of let things pass me by. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just how quickly things happen. But yeah, you're right. And that like that scene with Emily, like you know, it's very heartfelt and everything. But then you know, like he goes in and he just you know swipes the notebook and it's like, okay, you know, he's very like you know he. He cares about her a lot, you know, and actually, I mean, that scene, I mean, like, very, at the time when I watched that movie, like, that scene really, like, was, like, probably one of the reasons why, like, this movie is so cemented for me as one of my favorite movies is because, like, you know, I can understand his character a lot, you know, like, like the idea of who he is, because, like, you know, mm-hmm. he's this guy, he's kind of off, he's a bit of a loner, you know, I mean, like, you know, and I wasn't exactly the most popular high school kid in the world, so, you know, it's like, you know, he's kind of like this guy, he's a little bit off, like, you know, in his, you know, doing his own thing. Um, you know, and then he's got this, this girlfriend that like, you know, like is just starting to fall in with what he he interprets as the wrong crowd. And I mean, you know, based on her fate, probably correctly, but like, you know, she doesn't want anything to do with safety. You know, she's not interested in it. And he just like, he can't, he can't deal with it, you know? And like, it's what tears them apart. You know, like she wants to have this life like that. He just he doesn't understand and doesn't want to be part of and he tries to keep her from it and she just you know she's not interested and she cuts him off and you know it's just like it's this you know like just like she's talking about it with like this like really like heartfelt like it's like you know, you're just out here eating alone you know hating the world you know it's mm-hmm. like i just didn't want to be a part of that and it's like oh man it's like it just it's 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 really it's 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 good yeah it's Brent, good. brendan is not a uh a completely sympathetic character oh honestly. god no he, no he, he's not he has his fair as, share of major flaws. As 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 any good noir protagonist should. He's not he's not a good guy, he's not a bad guy, but he's trying to get to the bottom of something. So this is a question I want to ask you. Do you interpret the ending of the film as kind of sad for Brendan? Yeah, you, I mean Did you see hope in him and Laura's relationship, or do you think that was totally a facade on both of their parts? Oh, God, they have no relationship. I mean, she's going to jail. <laughs> well, sure, but that's what I mean. I'm saying, like, like he didn't need to turn her in. Yeah, but he did. Yeah, he did, you know, like, because like, he's like, because angry. He's and, yeah, exactly. And so, like, it's he kind of a bad to. ending for him. Oh, he has no he has no growth as a character. This yeah. is not a movie about character no, growth. It isn't, no. You know, th- this is a movie about getting to the bottom of something at great personal cost. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly, and, yes. And I think that that is, I mean, I, I you know, from the noir that I've watched, I, I would say that that's a bit of a hallmark. That, like, the movies are not happy, but they're yeah. about solving a crime with by any means necessary. I mean, the only other noir movie I think I've seen is Chinatown, and that's certainly not a happy fucking movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is this this movie, I mean, like, this movie could have ended with, yeah, it's South Carolina High School, Brendan. You know, like, <laughs> like it could have been the same yeah, ending. Exactly. Trying to return to my train of thought. Yeah, um, it's it's thankfully we have the power of editing. Thank God for the power of editing. Yeah, so we I can sit no here for like five minutes. Yeah. Yes. This is, thank God this is not a radio show. Yeah. I'd be a, I'd be terrible at that. I, I bur- burst bursts of greatness followed by long periods of silence. Yeah. Is that is that the tagline for the show? Long of <laughs> bursts of greatness followed by long periods of silence. Short bursts of greatness. Short. Yes. Impossibly brief. Um, yeah. Impossibly <laughs> brief. There we go. That's the right way to say go. it. 
Boom. Um, but okay. So the one, so yeah, moving back to, okay, so then, then there's the dode scene, right? Because, you know, so then he gets, actually, is there the dode scene? It's the coffee and pie oh my. Yeah, coffee and pie oh my, that's dode, yeah. Yeah, but that's, oh, that's Laura. Okay, I'm getting the chronology again. See, this yeah, is, again, very, this again, is like, very early. it's hard for me to get these initial scenes in order. You know, like, I really should have written them down exactly in order. Okay, so yeah, so he goes, the, the Emily scene, he gets the, he gets the, 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 the invitation without the, the number on it. Then he, um, you know. Then goes to Kara, he finds her invitation for it and, you know, gets the number off of it and then puts the invitation back exactly where it was. <laughs> um, but the uh, thing that I really like, again, this is this is all of these initial scenes really establishing Brendan is this kind of like a lot more savvy than you would expect to, you know, yes, like a very high school kid savvy. to be. I love the I love the phone scene. I love the, you know, like Hey, I'm you know like oh I'm, yes, I, I, I'm his, a the way his tone I'm of voice changes like oh yeah. Hey, I'm a friend from school. I'm looking for, and then the drift off, you know. Yes, waiting for the waiting for. Oh, Laura, here, let me get her. Yeah, you know, and it's like, yep. I yep. like it. I like, I like. I like. I like. I like the social engineering there. Yeah. You know, and then just like then yeah that that. That whole scene, you know, like kind of our, our introduction in terms of like, you know, actually hearing her for the first time of Laura. Um, but then, so the party scene, this is what I really want to talk about. So the party scene, this is, for me, a very important scene in in terms of using the setting. Because, the, the you know, unless you want to, uh, unless you want to really, like, you know, really change like, you know, the way the characters are portrayed in the movie, you know, it's like... There's no bar scene. You can't have yeah. a lounge. Yes. You know, a lounge doesn't exist. It's not a thing that you can have. So instead you need party. to have. Exactly. And that's where we're introduced properly to Laura in going back to the thing you said about Kara. She's the lounge singer. Yep. Yes. We're introduced to her with her little piano, you know, playing and singing, you know, and it's like, you know, the, 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 the tone changes. And then all of a sudden you're like, Mm-mm, okay, this this is our femme fatale. Yes. <laughs> you know, she's the one. And, like, the one thing I want to say about Laura that, like, you know, I think is very interesting is of all of the characters, she is the one, costume-wise, who is most out of time. Yeah, she, well, I would even say she's the most like Brendan. Oh, yeah. Like, they are, like, they are very much the two, um, yeah, you know, noir characters out of place yeah. in a world that is not technically noir. A hundred percent, yeah. And, and, and like, right down... Because, I mean, Brendan still dresses like a high school kid, whereas Laura, I mean, like, they're to some degree... Never. Like, you know... I don't well, think she's you could, ever dressed. You could see her as being kind of, like, the artsy, like, you know... Uh, but, I mean, even, like, artsy types in high school kind of dress out of time, you know? Like, they yeah, aren't necessarily what you would have... Yeah, she is, like... But I mean, like, especially I mean, the ending scene, what she's wearing in the ending scene is just, like, okay... 1920s no. flapper much. Oh, my, I, that's my exact note. It's my exact note. Yeah. It's flapper. You know, yes. she's got the she's got the, the, the feather brooch in yes. her hair. I don't know if it's still a brooch if it's in your hair. I don't know what that's called. Um, I, think that's, <laughs> I think that's a brooch, yeah. Okay. And then, like, yeah, then, yeah like, the, the, the fur coat. It's yes, like, that's it the thing. Not like, be... the fur on her shoulders is just like, okay, all right, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. I Wear adore. I adore her costuming in this yes, movie. Yes, it's... I, it's Adore it, you know. And but yeah, and then she's got you know like that. I, I guess I think that's like a like a Chinese like dress where it's kind of like yeah. you know buttoned mm-hmm. at the side, you know, type of thing. It's like she's she's got like a very different aesthetic than everyone else, and it really shows and it really highlights her as a character. But like I just 
Oh man, I love I love every word of her dialogue in basically everything she's in. You know, yeah. on this rewatch particularly, the uh, the poem at the start of that scene kind of took me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would say just because you know high school party piano, because especially like the like the Brad Bramish scene directly after that with him like talking about like you know you got to put me in, you got to put me in, you know Brad Bramish. Yep. Is like that's that's a hundred percent like you know that's high school. But see, that's the thing in a way. I, like, so like, I, I agree. With, I would agree is, with you. Yeah. Like it's it's thematically it works. Go ahead. But yeah. it, like from a like a, a movie watching standpoint, it's like a it's a bump. I think that that is specifically supposed to take you out of that scene. That it's to establish that these two characters are having a different story than everybody else. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. I can see so, that. Yeah, because, like, I I mean, I it is. It's a very strange scene. It's very out of place. But then by it being out of place, it is actually very in place. For it's another movie. one of those. It's another one of those just, like, putting someone reading a poem in your movie feels like a college film project kind of move. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, like, it's kind of, again, it's the, for me, it's the stand-in for the lounge singer. You yeah. Because it... You know, because it's not it's not just reading a poem. I mean, she's definitely saying it over like yeah. her piano play. You know, yeah. it's, it's very much the it, like evokes the like, you know, smoky lounge type of, you know. I mean, I certainly can't I certainly can't think of a way to do it better. Yeah, I I, I, I really like I don't know. I can't remember how I felt about this on the first watch, but I do re- like in oh, the first time it I, didn't do it. It didn't take me out at all the first time. It, it felt completely mm-hmm. appropriate the first time I watched it. And the, the next 10 times, I think, probably. <laughs> OK, I cause, yeah, because I adore this scene. Yeah. But so yes, the Brad Bramish scene oh. immediately following. Yes, which is great. And then Well actually well actually no, wait, it's Dode first, is it not? Huh? Because she gives him coffee and pie, oh my, right? And then it's and then it's the and then he goes to meet Dode? Uh well I I meant the Brad Bramish scene in the party. Oh, okay. I was talking about the the fight scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. So That's yeah. After, so then, yeah. So yeah. Well, oh, I just after want to point little... out. I want. I, I want to just another another example of Brendan being really crafty is him just being like, "Yeah, I'll wait." Yeah. And then immediately just running away. Oh yes, I love it's that. Like, I love that. That's that's such a perfect moment again. His yeah, he, like the whole way that he is in this entire movie is just like it's it's very compelling. It's very compelling yes. to watch him. Yeah. Is what I find. Um. But yeah. So then then we get to finally talk about Dode. So we get to that point in the movie. Um, where like Dode shows up, and I want to say that it's very interesting the the power dynamic difference that happens in this scene and then the Brendan's yes. later scene when he's beat to shit. Because yeah. in this scene, he takes on like Dode easily, like yeah. you know, no problem. Um, something that you 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 don't notice until like subsequent rewatches is Brendan does not take off his glasses for this scene. And something that you see in a lot of scenes is if Brendan's preparing for a fight, if he knows a fight is mm-hmm. coming, yeah. glasses come off. Yeah. Um, and uh, he does not feel the need to remove his glasses yeah. because he knows that Dode isn't going to be able to hit him yeah. because Dode is high as hell and is not really yeah. <laughs> in uh, shape to fight anybody. You know, I got five senses up on you and I got a good sleep last night or whatever the line is. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I, I got a good sleep last night and all five senses pushed me six up on the lot of you. Yes. You know, and it's just like, and they're just like, yeah, get going, man. <laughs> it's also interesting that like out of all of the characters, Dode probably speaks the most modern. Like, oh, yes. Other than like Brad Bramish or something. Yes. But of the but main yes, he, cast. Because his character would already be speaking in a modern way in a noir film. So he's oh. he's already up to date essentially because he'd be the punk like the you know the the punk character who's you know up on the lingo, 
Yeah, fair enough. Exactly. So yeah, he's basically yeah, he just kind of sounds like a normal person. Yeah, because he would. That's what he would sound like. Yeah, but yes, and so like I love the yeah, I love their little power dynamic. Of course, of course, you know, Dode being you know uh, also um, part of the part of the the uh, the group of people that uh, Emily was uh, acquainted with. Yes, <laughs> at that time, um, and makes for some very interesting stuff um, because of. A scene that I'll, you know, that we'll talk about. I guess we may as well just talk about it right yeah. now because I, I really want to like my my I, probably one of my favorite scenes of the movie. I love the principal scene. I think it's probably up there in like my top three or four scenes of this movie. But the scene that I really didn't realize how good is until I saw it was the scene with Dode, Tug, Brendan, and the Pin. Oh yes, uh huh. That mm-hmm. scene is the best scene in this movie i think i i i like from a from like a standpoint of of cinematography and of like uh like audio cues and stuff mm-hmm. like that so like mm-hmm. you know they all come down there you know brendan's brendan at this point is extremely injured you know yeah like he and, and dode and this is you know this is the scene that like subsequent to this like you know brendan is you know confronts dode like crossing the yeah for the um, second time Yes, exactly. Only this time, he's so injured that Dode basically just pushes him over yeah. without any any issues. I mean, I think I think I think Brendan pushes himself over. In fact, basically, yeah, he's like he's just not capable yeah, of, of standing of, up. Yeah, you know, um, and like there's a little there's a little moment where you only you're only watching his feet. There's a lot of there's a lot of you know. I mean, I don't know if this is you know, <laughs> Ryan Johnson. You're doing a Quentin Tarantino here. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, <laughs> no, those shoes would have to be off. Yeah, the shoes. You're right. The shoes would have to be off. But there's a lot of like shots of shoes, and like there's that like little moment where you know it really drives it home. Even after the Dode thing, where he you know he steps on the uh, like you know the the drainage ditch, and his foot kind of buckles over, mm-hmm. and then he pauses yes. for a moment, and then he composes himself, and he just it is yes. freaking see. You no. can see that he's yes. now composed himself, yeah. and he's like, all right, I'm doing this. Uh, yeah, I also yeah I, I did note that as well. His stride becomes very confident suddenly. Yes. So he, he goes he goes down there. With the expectation that Dode is going to expose him. Yep. Tug goes down there with the intention that he's going to be exposed. Yep. Dode goes down there with the intention of exposing Brendan. (laughs) And the pin is just down there to find out something. He doesn't know what. He's just interested. And I love, I love the pin's dialogue. Like, you know, the, the pin never seems more confident than in this scene, yes. I think. You know, it's like Dode is talking. He's like, oh, my God. You know, and Dode, you know, in his just characteristic way is just very, like, you know, it's just very, like, he's like kind of like, I don't know. Like, skeevy. Squir- skeevy. That's a good word for it. He's skeevy. You know, he's a little, like, oh. He's, he's a little rat. He's real close. He's real close. He's yeah. real close. He's right there you know? next to you. You know, it's just like, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, why do we want to hear what's It's like, it's like, oh, you know, we're going to want to hear what you say. He's like, you're going to want to hear it. I'm going to want to hear it, he says. You know, the pin yeah. repeating his lines. Yes. I love that. This is like, yeah. He's like, I'm in charge here. I'll tell you what this guy who just said it is saying. Yeah. You know? And so, like, let me look at my notes because I want to get this right. Because this is this this scene to me is just, this is this is the movie, man. You know? Like, so, okay. Uh, well, the cinematography uh, especially here is very interesting. Yeah. I think you probably picked up on the same things that Brendan I Brendan and Tug merge. Yes, exactly. The, the the camera starts out with them, you know, in two different places on the on the screen. Yes, and then the, the camera moves so that they 
Tug is behind Brendan completely. Yes. And they essentially become one. They're united in purpose of well, wanting to shut up this motherfucker. I actually, and I saw that a little bit differently too, is that that scene is from Dode's perspective. He's looking oh. directly at Brendan, but because of yeah. where he's positioned, Interesting. he doesn't see Tug, Tug thinks he's directly looking at him. You know, from his line of sight, he's looking right at both of them. And the thing, so I don't know, I don't know what you're like, do, do you have a, are you listening to this like with a subwoofer? Like, do you have like a, a good bass thing? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. using, I'm using the, the surround sound system you bought. Okay, perfect, perfect. Okay, the, 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 the reason why is this, okay? In that scene, you have Tug pulling his grass, right? Mm-hmm. And as that scene is happening, the bass is ramping up a lot. It's getting very, very loud. Like, on my system, like, it's, like, it's, it's, it gets to the point where it's nearly deafening, you know? Oh. Right before Dode, like, says what he says. Then, yeah. as the camera moves in between and Dode says, you know, like, I, you know, I know who killed her. Yeah. Right? And he's, you know, he's, like, here with us, basically. You know, the bass drops out of the soundtrack completely. Yeah. They, like they the pulled sub up. goes dead, <laughs> they, and the grass washes away in the in the water. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, they pull the same trick when Brandon is running away from the the assassin in, in the start of the movie or the yes. middle part ish. The the cut of the audio is very powerful. It's very powerful, and like, yeah, and then at that moment, it's like, okay. Something has happened. It's yeah. on. And you know that Tug is pissed. And so, you know, then, of course, like, that 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 gunshot, I mean, talking about audio cues. Yes. Like, I mean, like, that's such a power. Like, I mean, gunshots in movies, you know, like, the way that they choose to, to mix them, you know, it sounds different in a lot of different movies. I mean, like, things like Heat come to mind mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, it's like, hey, you really want to, like, you know, mix the guns up in the audio. And, like, that gunshot is so thumpy. It's yeah. just... And of course the the like the steam sound. Oh yeah, like yeah, the right blood, the blood yeah. spray followed by like yeah, like the the smoke yeah. from the, the bullet. It is, just it's the best gunshot. Like it's the best like headshot. It looks thing amazing. It looks amazing. I love it. That that mm-hmm. shot is just like you feel it. Yes. You know, you feel that shot. It and is impactful. It. Yes. So that and, you know, and like yeah, that's. So I think we're we're definitely like aligned on that. That is that is an amazing scene. Yes, like that that scene basically makes the movie for. I mean, it cha- and that's the point. That that's the point where it changes everything. That's the point where it's like you know, okay, now the battle lines are drawn. You know, now we know what's happened. Now it's how are we going to bring everybody to justice? Yes, yeah, and yes. and Tug shows how good of a guy he is by just helping Brendan. Yep, and uh, you're with us now. Yep, screw that. You're with us now. Yeah, pound right. on the pound yeah. on the on the door frame. Like, yeah. like, look, look, you are. It's like, it's like, no, you don't realize. I'm telling you what you you're are here right with now. us. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh god, but yeah. So like, and there's like, I mean, Brenda gets so beat up in this movie. Yeah, you know, he gets so beat up in this. As movie. he should. As he should. And I love the way that they treat that. I love the way that they, as as it goes on, you start seeing more cuts, especially that scene. Um, where he's been really beat up and like he's he's falling out of Laura's car, you know. Yes. And, like he's on the ground and it's just like lots of like he's talking and it's like it cuts for a second and he keeps talking and it's like 
that's that you're feeling it. It's like he's injured. He's 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 dropping in and out of consciousness. Like he's not really there. You know, it's like and he's he's he is holding on for dear life at this point. I just want to mention. I'm sorry. I just want to mention one other scene. I'm going a little little back here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I guess I want to talk a little bit about Brendan fighting because there's there's a couple fight scenes in this in this you know um, and like his craftiness. But right before because uh, like right before the Brad Bramish scene, there's another little cinematography nugget that I really enjoy, and that is um, him sitting down on the corner of her car. So there are are. Brad's car. I'm not sure exactly who owns the car, but what, actually, no, I think it is Laura's car. It is Laura's car. It She's is. Got the it's Laura's. She drives, yeah. It's Laura's car. Um, so like, you know, well, Brad Bramish is out and like, this is after, I guess this is after the Dode scene. This is when he decides that he's going to, um, that he's going to yeah. try and find the pin, you know, he like Brad Bramish is out there, you know, doing his usual, you know, put me in the game coach speech and like he's a shot of Laura. And then all of a sudden the car dips. And you don't see it's like off screen. It's obviously this, it's, you know, it's this old car. I love all the old cars in this movie too. You know, it's like yes. it's just like it well, really the, sets the, I the think tone. each of the cars represents the character. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. But um, so like you know, the car just dips a little bit, and then like you see Laura turn over, and then you see Brendan. You know, yeah. It's like just this very. I don't know. It's like another nice little cinematography moment that I really. Well, she. Like. I think she looks and she smiles a little bit. Yes, you're and right. then Brendan notices that. Yes. So like. The the way that Brendan fights in this, like, because you don't really, I mean, like, you know, he seems like a little bit of a loser, you know, at first, you know, like, he's obviously yes. like, you know, he's trying to, but he doesn't seem like he's, he's got much going for him. And he seems like he's a little bit of like a coward, you know, especially with the way he dips out of like Laura's party, you know, it's like, he doesn't, he doesn't look like the kind of guy that like, it could get hurt, you know, but <laughs> this scene basically throws all that out of the window for you. It says, no, 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 let's yeah. tell you a little bit about you Brendan. Can fight. And like. Yeah, and the, this is this is the first the glasses come off scene. You know, he takes the glasses, he puts them in his little glasses case, and then he fights Brad. And the thing about the, that fight is like, you know, it shows again, kind of speaking to Brendan's not like he's not noble. <laughs> he's not noble. You know, Brad's you know doing his little like, oh, he's taking his jacket off. You know, he's this huge intimidating dude. He's like, ah, I'm gonna show you what's up. Yeah. And then as the jacket's coming off, he rounds the corner and Brendan sucker punches him right in the yep. face. Right you in know? there. And then you know, like Brendan is not. No, stronger yeah, he gives him. He gives him his, his licks. Yeah, but he's yeah, you know, like yeah. Brendan is not stronger than Brad. Brad is definitely like you know, but he's not a fighter. You know, he's just strong. Brendan's a fighter. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. So I mean, like you know, he Brad lays him out like almost immediately, yeah. and he kicks him right in the shin. Yeah. And the audio oh, on that. Yeah. Okay, but then so the audio on that one it hurts. Okay, I feel that hit. And then he gets back up and he gets knocked down again. And then yes. he kicks him in the same shin. Yeah. And that oh, audio. The, the, the crunch. It's just like, oh, Yeah, man. it's really bad. And then he just gets up and decks him, and that's the end of the fight, you know? And it's like, okay, you know what? If I was going to fight a guy like that, and I had to, that's how I'd fight him, too. I, like, I get it, you know? <laughs> like, I get it. Like, but he's definitely, you know, he's not, he's not squaring up with him. He's not putting up your dukes, you yeah, know? He's it's, a scrappy like, fighter, for sure. He's gonna win the fight. That's all he wants to do. He doesn't matter about doesn't matter about how he wins the fight. He just wants to win it. And then I love I just I, I love the little like little nugget of just like as he's walking away like, hey, I heard there was a fight. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, That's great. And then of course that repeats in the in the tug scene when you know he's gonna go smash Tug's car, 
you know, which, by the way, he does not at that point know it. Like, he's got hit by Tug before that, you know, when he's talking to Brain. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't know but it's he his, yeah, he just has seen the car. Yeah, he knows the car from the first scene, and he knows that it's linked somehow to the pin. And so, you yeah. know, he's going to smash it. And, of course, like, you know, the car driving away, he hits it with the pebble. It stops for an mm-hmm. obscenely long amount of time before peeling off. You're like, what's going to happen? You know, and yeah. then the car just, like, comes back. It goes out like, of sight first. It goes out of sight first. But you hear it, it wheels back around and then rushes right past him. And then, you know, Brendan, of course, he's got the glasses off, you know, right before Tug, you know, Tug hits him. And he he gets, he he never fights back against Tug, which I think is smart because Tug, unlike Brad, is a fighter and could probably kill him. Would kill him. (laughs) Would Would kill him. Would, yes. Not could. Would Would. kill, has killed, you know. So, you know, he he plays that very well, you know. And, like, it's, oh, God, I just, I love, I love that, you know. Um. But yes, so like, Brendan, like throughout this movie, yeah, I mean, like you know, like the, I mean, Tug beats the crap out of him so many times yes. in this movie. I <laughs> mean, the the first scene with the pin, you know, but like that gets me to like another one of those little um like kind of take you out of it moments for a second that I think is probably one of my, I think my maybe my second favorite scene of the whole movie, the orange juice scene. Oh well, oh yeah, God, I can't believe I forgot about that. Yes, yeah. So there, there, you know, after yeah. after the the pin. Dex, uh, sorry, after the, sorry, after Tug, Tug. Dex, yeah, Tug, Dex, Brendan, um, you know, after, like, you know, he's revealed that he knows everything that's going on, and he knows that the pin is, you Yeah, know, and he's been knocked out, like, multiple times. He's not knocked out multiple times. You know, they take him upstairs, and, you know, like, he's, like, it's the mom. It's, like, the pin's yeah. mom is there, you know, yeah. and it's just, like, it's just, like, oh, he's having his friends over, you know, it's, like, it's... it's like, well, yeah, I like, mean, she knows. Well, yeah, she knows, but it's like, I just love it. It's like, it's like, oh, you know, well, we, you know, we don't have, uh, we don't have orange juice, Brendan, but we do have milk. We have tang, but that's kind of like orange. Oh, you know, apple what? juice. We, we have, no, but that's like, oh, but you know what? We do have apple juice. It's country style. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll even give it to you in a little country glass. <laughs> let let me know. just go into the other room. Yeah. Do something just... in the other room. Yeah, and like you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, like I'm sh- like I'm sure to some degree she does know what's going on, but like even that just feels like such a mob thing, you know? Like, oh, you're with your friends. Let me just let me just go into your other room, you know? Yeah. Like I'm just gonna get out of the way. Like, have you have you guys have your little chat, you know? But then um, the ending scene where she's doing it for like you know fifty guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all those do- like it's just like just like it's like basically oh, like I never really serving I feel so the ball sorry for her now. I just thought about. How horrible okay. that night must have been for her. Aww. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm a little bit sad now. I know, I know. I always forget that she's still there. Yeah, she's still there. Yeah, God, oof. But, um, so, like, you know, and, of course, that, that scene could not characterize Tug more, you know, of, like, you know, like, so she leaves the room, and, like, you know, Brendan's like, hey, look, you know, get this guy out of here, you know, like, because yeah. otherwise, you know, like, I, I have nothing to say to you. It's yeah. like, if you got something to say, say, you know, he's got the, the freaking, yeah, like, you know, yeah, he's big, about to <laughs> murder him for yeah, just, like, the- saying a sentence. Yeah, and then, like, you know, so, you know, Pin dismisses him, but, of course, he walks off with a giant rooster jug. Yeah. And then there's a moment. <laughs> And then he sets it back down it, yeah. angrily. It's yeah. just like, I love it, man. Yeah. I love that. So yeah. Um definitely like, you know, definitely one of one of one of the two seeds that really like, yeah, just kind of puts you in that like, this is still this is still kids, you know? Like, you know, like gotta gotta bring you back. And it's like it, it's done at very good points in the movie. You have a lot of like this very serious, you know, like the yeah, way there's a lot of tense stuff that needs to be diffused. Yeah, and it's a perfect way to diffuse it. It's mm-hmm. just a perfect way to diffuse it. 
Let's 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 talk about that last scene for a second, because of course, so you know, spoilers all obviously throughout this entire thing. Yeah, so I, mean, you, I think we're well past that. Yeah, yeah, point. yeah but you know, like, well, yeah, no, I'm we're just like, like, you know, like, we're we don't have like, to a podcast. Like, I feel like if you, <laughs> like, if you've been watching, and you haven't watched the movie, like, you know, like, you know, you've obviously missed lots of things. But like, I, I'm, I'm going to assume that most people that have gotten this far have watched the movie, so we know that a lot of this hinges on the fact that you know, uh, Emily was pregnant. Yes. And, that's the, and of course, you know, Laura uh, whispers to Brendan the, that it was uh, his. Well, yeah, he, she whispers whose it was, but doesn't actually say. But yeah. you know, I, I, I'm going to imagine. I'm going yeah. to imagine that because uh, you know, Brain says, "Hey, what did Laura say to you?" And he says, "Oh, she called me a dirty word." And I'm going to guess that that dirty word was motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always just thought the dirty word was father. Oh, just like she goes, "You're I, the I, father," and he's just like, "That's a dirty word." I I I I I thought about this. I'm like, I, I bet she called him a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like that. Makes sense, right? <laughs> You're a anyway, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> um. So so I want to talk about Laura a little bit. Um. Because I want to talk like I. I want to talk about, A, like, just her dialogue in this movie is fantastic, you know? The way that she plays everybody, you know? Like, like there's there's the scene, you know, where, like, Brendan is talking to her, you know, and, like, uh, they're, you know, they're kind of, like, walking amongst the lockers. And, like, you know, she's trying to explain kind of what she knows, and Brendan's, like, interrupting her. And, you know, she just kind of, she just, you know, because she's very nice to Brendan throughout most of this. But, like, she yeah. kind of, like, she gets a little bit annoyed in that scene, and she kind of, like, leans back, you know, against the locker in, like, the very coy way. It's like, well, if you've got the whole world's address... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, like, you know. You already know everything. Exactly. You know, and like, yeah, her, his and her dialogue throughout this movie is just beautiful. You know, yeah, they're like, the two so, players. Exactly. And like the, uh, what I, what I love is her little speech, you know, and it really like, you know, Bre- Bre- Brendan says the same thing that like, I think you, you're thinking during this of like, oh God, she is dangerous. You know, yes. of just like, yeah, you're you dangerous. Know, as, of, of she's, as she's sitting there. She's like, you know, it's like, you know, you know, you think no one sees you, you know? sitting by yourself at lunch, loving some girl, like she's the only one in the world. It's like, I wish somebody would look at me like that, you know? And it's like, yes. Oh man. Yeah. You know, you, you want to talk about femme fatale. That's, that's, yeah. that's Laura Dannon, you know? And I just like, it's, it's hard not to fall for like, Oh yeah. Definitely. Tricks in this movie. Like yeah. you, you like, I, cause like, you know, brain and like, you know, this is, this is kind of one of those things, right. Of like, is brain his brain or is brain a person, you know, like brain and him have this kind of like conversation. Of like, I think she's on her side of like just Brendan's self doubt, just kind of piling up of like, is she with me? I don't know. It's I hard mean, she, to tell. He thinks he does. I think for a little bit. He, yeah. Well, I mean, the cigarette. towards the cigarette. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, there's that scene where like, you know, she's like, she's like, you know, he's basically like, you know, half dead at this point. Yeah. And, you know, like there's that kiss, which is like, you know, a little awkward. It's a little rapey, you know, it's kind of like, uh, yes. he's not really a hundred percent conscious yeah. in this scene, yeah. you know, definitely takes advantage of him. Yeah. It's like, all right, Laura. But like, you know, like in that moment, like, I think that like he, if he didn't see the cigarette, she had him. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. She had him. But, mm-hmm. of course, that cigarette, it goes back to the first scene of the movie with a little, you know, arrow on the cigarette. And it's like, yep, that's her brand. That's what she smokes. This is her, you know? Yeah, and, and Tug doesn't smoke cigarettes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. I don't smoke cigarettes. cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. And, I mean, See, you know, like, her whole thing of, like, you know, oh, don't go tonight. You know? Yeah, yes, yes. The other she thing knows. I noticed... 
the other thing I noticed about her, um, which I, I didn't, I, I actually never picked up until this rewatch, is, um, you know, so uh, Tug is talking about who's here, you know, who's with with him, and he mentions Laura. He's like, oh, and Laura's with here, t- uh, with us here too, right? Yeah. Okay. Then immediately after, when he sneaks out of the house to go to the pins and set up the meeting, guess who's there? Laura. Laura. Yeah. Laura is there. Yeah. It's like she's not supposed to be there, you know. Tug just said <laughs> that she wasn't there. And I think Brendan is so hurt and wounded at this point, like, that he doesn't even really notice. He doesn't really, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, register with him that, like, she's not where she's supposed to be, you know? Yeah. And it didn't even register with me because at that point in the movie, you're kind of with Brendan. Like, you know, it's like he's, like, you're, so much has happened that it's hard to keep up. And she's just, she's just there. Yeah, she's she's in there. It, you know, you know, she's orchestrating this entire thing. Let's have some closing thoughts. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, if you're a fan of film noir, like, I, you know, like, if you haven't already watched this movie, you know. Um, I, yeah, I mean, if, 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 if you're a fan of film noir and you haven't seen this movie, then you've been living under a rock. Yes, and if you're a fan of film noir and you've gotten this far through the review and you're like, okay, well, I know everything, who cares? Watch the movie. It's so good. Yeah, <laughs> just watch like, it. It's, worth, it's worth it. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I and, mean. And if, and if you actually are a fan of Ryan Johnson and you've yes. never seen this movie. Highly recommend it. And, you know, if you're not a fan of film noir at all and you don't care about Ryan Johnson, you should probably still go see this movie. It's really good. So if you're a fan of Ryan Johnson, he's only made like three things. Like, what else are you a fan of? I guess Looper. Uh, But like, you know, it's like, all right. Oh, and The Brothers Bloom, which is also a very good movie. But anyway, yes. Thumbs up for this movie. This is yes. my favorite movie of all time. I love it. I yes. love everything Strong about recommend. It, you know? Strong recommend. So, yes. Next time, um, we'll have to figure out what we're going to talk about. I don't think we know. Uh, um, yeah. We can figure that out now. We can figure that out now. <laughs>